2: From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Here we go, here we go from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy-top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is a Thanksgiving best-of episode. A Fox Across America with your radio buddy Jimmy Fallon. I am, of course, off on Long Island, eating and drinking within an inch of my life, but I will tell you, it's a great way to go through Thanksgiving. And on a day where we have so much to be thankful for uh, as Americans, as Fox Across Americans, and as the head of my household of Jenny and Lincoln and everything that's gone on in the past year, we are going to give you uh, the closest thing we can to our celebration. I'm going to play you three hours of things I am thankful for this year. And batting lead off is the opportunity to interview the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who has developed a little bit of a reputation reputation over the course of this campaign of being, I don't know, maybe a little too serious. Some people might say he's a stiff. Okay, I wanted to see if there was any personality under that hood. And to my surprise, uh, the Florida governor was fantastic. We had a great talk about his birthday, about Rocky movies. And of course, we got into some policy as well. So batting lead off on Thanksgiving, This might be, I don't know, like an appetizer. This is the rolls, if you will. I always say, man, uh, when people come on this show, I mean, listen, it's a very easy show. It's conversational. I'm not an activist. I'm a talk show host. So you come on here as a Democrat, you're going to leave feeling like a million bucks because I'm not here to scream at you and cut you off. I'm just here to have a good faith discussion around the issues. You know, the problem is I don't really come from any formal broadcast training. I don't have like a big, vast educational background. So it's a very conversational show. So if people come on and they're fun and they roll with it, they look like, humans and they come off great. If they show up with all kinds of talking points and it's just, you know. This could be a problem. Okay, no one wants to talk to a Teddy Ruxpin on the radio where you stick the cassette in the back and it just goes, I'll close the border. You know, they want a human. And uh, I think for DeSantis, this is a huge opportunity. I mean, for us, it's a don't screw it up. I mean, but that's pretty much everything I do in my career at this point is they just say, like, oh, what are you, what are you doing? You're ordering a sandwich? Don't screw it up. They don't have a lot of faith in me, okay? And uh, the point is, uh, I'm excited. So, eight 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 seven eight eight nine nine one zero. Let me get you up to speed on the Hunter thing really quickly. Uh, according, okay, to the official indictment, and I will read it to you here, uh, this is... Stemming from the collapse of the plea deal. okay, he possessed a firearms license, uh, was not authorized to deal in firearms under federal laws. Okay, he was authorized because he lied on a form. So he'd be facing up to 10 years in prison if it came to that. Does anybody actually expect it to come for that? The answer would be no. Now, Karine Jean-Pierre famously said that Biden would not pardon his son. That, of course, was part of a confidence scheme. Okay, she was saying it because she didn't think he was going to be charged. And at the time, they believed the fix was in when it came to his plea deal. Wrong. Okay, fix wasn't in. A judge took a look at it and was like, dude, are you kidding me? It's a plea deal for a gun charge and a tax evasion crime? And it's absolving him from future crimes as well?
4: What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on
3: here? Seemed like the fix was in. Okay, but lo and behold, the deal just exploded. So, three gun charges for Hunter now. He's got three indictments. You know, Trump is still sitting at 91. He's the league leader. Now, it is early in the campaign. You don't don't know what the
2: number's going to be. What the hell is the world coming
3: to? But I think when you're DeSantis, that's the best argument you can give. You're not in your late hundreds like Biden. You're not under 91 indictments like Trump. And you probably have less baggage going into the general election. Now, of course, winning the general election means getting the nomination, and that got to be honest with you, man. The game has changed. Okay, there was a time when presidential politics was about who has the best ideas, who has the best policies. And to be clear, that would be a better time for you, me, your family, my family. Okay, but now we're running for class president. There's a lot of media sensationalism. There's a race to get clicks. Relevance is more important than competence. You know, Vivek on foreign policy has been a disaster. He's had to contradict himself on national TV a dozen times when confronted with things he said a year ago versus things he said now. But he's been cute in the media, so it hasn't really worked against him when it comes to getting booked. And his poll numbers have gone up as well. But when it comes to substance, when it comes to the money being on the table, Okay, you do want somebody under center. You do want somebody in the huddle that's done a good job of leading the team down the field. And whether you love DeSantis or you hate DeSantis, there can be no argument against the leadership that he's shown in Florida. We will discuss that leadership and the quest to lead the nation as a whole when we come back on Fox Across America.
5: Jason in the House, the Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on FoxNewsPodcast dot com or wherever you download podcasts.
2: It's the best of Fox across America with Jimmy Fallon. And
3: it definitely feels like we're going through that phase where he quit basketball and he's playing minor league baseball and everything's kind of a mess. Uh, Joining us now uh, is a very prominent candidate to get this team back on track and playing championship ball. The 46th governor of Florida, who happens to be celebrating his 45th birthday, Governor Ron DeSantis on Fox Across America. Hey, man. Hey, how you doing? Uh, we're, We're pumped up to have you on the show. I have to say, when I saw that you were 45, so you're like half the age of everybody else running. <laughs> That's right. You know, it was
6: interesting. I've been in New York this week. We were at the ground zero remembrance and I've done some other stuff. I stopped to see Cardinal Dolan uh-huh. uh in New York City and he uh and I was asking, like, you know, what's your trajectory after this? And he's like, Well, when you're seventy five, they make you retire and I told him, I was like, you can launch a presidential campaign right after <laughs> that, right? I mean, that seems to be what's going on. Seventy-five. This guy could be in the Senate for another 20 years. What is
3: he talking about, man?
6: Uh, I know. I l- well, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, um, you know, when you look and see Nancy Pelosi's doubling down for another term, uh, we really do need term limits for members of Congress. I yes. mean, this is just getting ridiculous Esterious. when these people are there for 30 or 40 years. You look at how the country is descending, uh, particularly our insolvency, and these guys have had— you know, the wheel for, for how many decades, I think it's time to pass the
3: torch. Yeah. I think people would agree with you on that, but this is, this I'm telling you now is an interesting interview because you are the matchup here. Okay. Batter to pitcher uh, is, you're a guy who played in the little league world series. I'm the kind of guy who bets on the little league world series. So <laughs> it's, you know, just don't dig in. Okay. Don't dig in. is all I ask. by the way. And I wanted to ask you that. How is by the, your baseball skills these days, can you still hit in a batting cage? Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that's something when you,
6: when you hit a ba- hitting a baseball is tough, but when you learn to do it at a young age, it's something that always sticks with you. So yeah. for example, I didn't play golf growing up. Uh-huh. I haven't played golf in a while. If I took it and my swing would be all out of whack baseball. You know, if you throw me a fastball, I can hit the fastball and it's just kind of the way it is. But I'll tell you, you know, with respect to little league, I was thinking with the betting, you know, uh-huh. when, uh, when we went to the world series that year, our goal under our hats, we put WWT would stand for. We want, Taiwan, because they were the superpower in Little League baseball in the late 80s and early 90s. Come to find out, the reason they were the superpower is because they were playing 13 and 14 year olds in the 12 year old league. So that was information that I think a lot of people could have used to predict them winning all those championships. So we were better as 12 year olds, but they had 13 and 14 year olds on their team.
3: Ron DeSantis is on the line, Florida governor. He could have saved me a lot of money in 1991. Uh, Had he shared that information? Well, I'll tell you, the two most fascinating things about your candidacy, obviously, is, you know, you're the governor of a state that is thriving. Uh, You're the only one in the race who played in the Little League World Series. And you happen to be uh, one of the few people at the top of the polls who is neither under indictment or has a child under indictment right now. Is that an odd feeling?
6: well you know it's uh it's a it's an interesting world we live in is all i can say i mean there's a lot of things we need to clean up in this government for sure and i will clean up the doj and the fbi i'm also the only one running in either party that's actually served in uniform mm-hmm. and it was something that when i was at the 9-11 remember the families and a bunch of the families invited my wife and i we went around and um and visited the names that were sketched in the museum and everything and i was you know uh, not affected by it directly, in terms I didn't have friends or family that died there, but that was mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I ended up joining the military. Mm-hmm. So it changed the trajectory of my life, and I ended up serving in Iraq and all this. and uh, as a, as the president elected in twenty twenty four, I'd be the first president elected who served in a war since 1988 it used to be that was a pretty standard thing with president yeah. we've been a generation removed from having
3: one mm-hmm. yeah no that's fascinating stuff and uh, as it pertains to 9-11 I my brothers are city cops here in New York uh my brother Joey was off duty that day thankfully he's okay uh but he was brave enough to go down there I was brave enough to drive him to a checkpoint that was my contribution but I have a lot of respect for guys like yourself who put on the uniform and you know put their well, lives and we on we
6: in Florida one of the things yeah. about being governor outside of the New York City area we have more retired FDNY, uh, NYPD, and Port Authority yeah. than anywhere in the country. So a lot of these guys were there on 9/11. Now live in Florida. So we've done big 9/11 events yep. over the years. I've been governor, and but what ended up happening, having so many of those guys in Florida, it inspired us to now we're the first state to require. Uh, mandatory 9 11 curriculum in the schools every yeah. September 11th. And so they're going to learn about the evil that happened that day, which we can never forget about. And we have to understand their threats to freedom, but also the good that happened with how people responded and the number of people that gave their lives running into those towers, knowing they probably weren't going to be able uh, to ever get out of those towers, but yeah. they did it to be able to save others. And so that really. The people that responded uh, that represents the best of America, and we need to make sure our young people know that.
3: Yeah, I I, I do agree there, and that the fact that national buy-in isn't what it was. Like we got to a really divisive place in our politics where, and I and I would say Biden was a fraud for saying he was going to unite the country because you know we famously said voter ID laws were Jim Crow on steroids, and it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. You know, he didn't not exactly an olive branch if you're trying to get people to save the date to a unity party. I don't know that calling him Jim Crow on steroids is going to get the job done. But as it pertains to the conversation of COVID, okay, there's been a lot of revisionist history around COVID, okay? And you have gotten what I consider to be uh, rightly deserved credit for your leadership. I know there was an initial shutdown. But the president, uh, former President Trump, is trying to say that you listened to Fauci more than he did. Is there any world oh, where that's God. true?
6: No, of course not. I mean, we uh, you know, loosely followed federal guidelines for a matter of weeks. And then we departed and led the nation for a matter of years. And that is well documented. Almost everything I did uh, from making sure businesses could be open to making sure kids could be in school to making sure people could be attending church and synagogue and doing what they wanted to do and make their own decisions. Fauci opposed us vocally while he was working for Donald Trump uh, and that is very well documented. In fact, uh, during that time in COVID, particularly the summer of 2020 and beyond, the Florida media would use the Trump administration as a cudgel to attack me because they'd say, Governor DeSantis is not following the White House guidelines. He has restaurants open. He has all this other stuff. And they were constantly coming back to that. So that's just the reality. And I also remember, because I was working really hard to help Donald Trump get reelected in 2020, I remember cringing when his campaign put out a video uh, where Fauci is bragging that everything he told uh, Donald Trump to do, Trump did. They were bragging about that. And then, of course, his last day in office, he gave, he gave Fauci a presidential commendation. Megyn Kelly confronted him about that. And he said, Oh, well, I don't know who that who 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 gave that to him. It literally says <laughs> President Trump awards commendation. Is this the Immaculate Commendation or
7: something like that? <laughs> oh, Is it no. just up
6: in the thin air? Give me a break. People need to take responsibility for their actions. They need to they need to own what they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's the thing that's important looking forward. Mm-hmm. You know with me, all those mistakes will never be repeated again. Mm-hmm. And you know I will hold NIH, CDC, FDA accountable for the mistakes and the lies and everything that happened that hurt a lot of people in this country. Mm -hmm. You can take that to the bank with me. Mm -hmm. But Donald Trump, he's basically saying he did everything right. And I think that means you should understand he would do the same thing all over again if put in that position. And that would be disastrous for
3: our country. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. We're talking to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, and I. T- to be clear, uh, we give you all the credit in the world because I say when it comes to COVID, but when it really comes to any issue, true leadership is not about reading the room and the poll numbers and the news cycle. It's about crunching the data and leading the room, even if you have to do so in the face of great criticism from the press. Because at the end of the day, if you got to get the job done, uh, you got to get the job done. You don't need to win a popularity contest for twenty. 20- 24 hours on CNN and MSNBC or even my channel. You need to lead. So we give you all the credit and the
6: Even for Even if it ends up being longer, that's your detriment. Yeah. Because during the time when I was really getting pressured, particularly over the summer of 2020, to say, oh, cases are going up. you got to shut down all this stuff. Fauci was saying that the media, I had supporters that were telling me, dude, you're getting filleted. Yep. You need to do something. You need to just or just do some mandate just to show you're doing something. I said, no, that's not right. Mm-hmm. If at the end of the day, mm-hmm. oh. Yep. To represent. If that costs me my job, then mm-hmm. that is the problem. You cannot put your finger in the wind. And, and after, you know, eight, 12 weeks into the COVID thing, I knew what I was doing was yep. right. I knew it wasn't popular. I knew the the medical establishment yep. and the media were not going to back what I was doing, but I knew it was right, and I was willing to let the chips fall where they may. I cared more about getting kids in school and making sure yep. these businesses survived than I worried about how it affected my political uh, trajectory. And mm-hmm. you know what happens? Yep. When people see you do the right thing under those circumstances, they may not appreciate it in the instant. Yeah. It may take them some time, but eventually... They appreciate what you did, and I think that's one of the reasons we've done so well in Florida, because uh, people know yep. I'm willing to fight for them, uh, even when it's not easy.
3: And I think people do love that about you. I think that's commendable. Uh, I'm going to ask you one question about uh, someone else you're running against. Uh, Tim Scott, who's been on this show, famously, famously claimed on this show, this might shock you, it, must be the mo- it might be the most damaging piece of opposition research on Tim Scott, is he claims that Rocky three is the best Rocky does a Ron DeSantis presidency open with Rocky III?
6: No, no way. I mean, look, I, I I always go back to Rocky One. The OG. Uh, but if you had to push me beyond Rocky One, just because I was a kid and I mm-hmm. went to see Rocky Four oh, uh, yes. in in the theaters yes. and, and saw the fight against Drago, yes. and I was inspired yes. uh, to really become a, a strong, cold warrior in part uh, because of Rocky Four. So okay. you know, while I respect Clubber Lang, <laughs> um, I think the original Rocky <laughs> is the uh, is the is the classic um and then i do think rocky 4, from a pro america perspective mm-hmm. uh you know you gotta you gotta you gotta pay respects to that uh, that fight against drago
3: and you know what if you don't actually shout out rocky for beating drago there are factions of the media that would say you're in bed with russia
6: <laughs> well it's interesting though you know at that time you know, probably the liberal media was more on the side of Drago. You know, <laughs> oh, no, thought that it was <laughs> they were too or too nationalistic to be rooting for Rocky. You know, now I know they have kind of changed because of the Trump Russia collusion farce yeah. and all that. But uh, but that was definitely. You know, as a kid going to different movies, that was definitely one that I had huge, huge memories of oh, um, about doing, and you're I've shown,
3: um, you know, some snippets to my kids. Yeah, no, I'm your age. I was shadow boxing in that theater, but I was realistic. Like, you served in the military. You played college ball. I, you know when you're in the theater and you want to be Rocky? I actually just wanted to be Paulie. You know his deadbeat brother-in-law?
0: <laughs> I mean,
6: i tell you what. He played a, he was a great character. He did a good job. At, uh, you know, those are some, some epic moments. I mean, you had uh, – uh, Burgess Meredith yes. as, as Mick. Mickey. I mean, what a great character. I mean, it was, those were great films. I mean, they yep. did a really good job. And think about how much he's been able to do. We Rocky Five never happened. We know that. <laughs> Let's put that aside... But when they did Rocky Balboa many years later, it was a good movie. It was I was mean, good. My wife and I went to see it. It was good. And then the whole Creed series, I think it's been really good.
3: No, 100%, hundred Governor DeSantis. We, we love that We love that take. And I got to tell Tim Scott because the high horse Rocky Three thing, like, I get it. But I'll handle it for it. You don't worry about nothing. Um, we do know it's your birthday. I'm sure there's going to be some type of celebration. But really quick, I'm down 40 seconds. But you did launch uh, your early state faith coalition today, correct?
6: yeah that's right so mm-hmm. iowa new hampshire south carolina you know we've got a lot of uh safe leaders but also just um you know iowans new hampshire folks and then south carolinians who just want to be able to to exercise freedom mm-hmm. i think the left in this country um you know, they're, oh, they're on the mark against religious freedom. We're yeah. gonna protect it as president.
3: No, we we appreciate that. Okay. You you prote- you protect it. Uh you stand your ground on that Rocky one of that Rocky Four. I'll handle anybody else who comes by here. Uh we really appreciate you giving us a minute of your time. Happy birthday. Would you have a beer later?
6: yeah we will i mean you know my
3: wife uh my wife and i are not together today oh that's even
2: better out of the gates and ready to go hey it's hunting with ro
5: hot mike is here on the outkick network we've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion and it's available wherever you find your audio daily analysis and news he is hot i am mike actually my name is chad (laughs) His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like,
2: subscribe, and share. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Uh, I can't think of a Fox host or talent I am more thankful for than this next guest. He is my lead-in on Fox News Radio. He is the co-host of Fox and Friends. He is the host of One Nation with Brian Kilmeade. The bell of the ball joins us now, Brian Kilmeade. The sun that never sets on this guest's multimedia empire. And I have to say, he has come a long way since I took him under my wing here at Fox News. Mm. Uh, superstar radio host, co-host of Fox and Friends host of One Nation with Brian Kilmeade on Saturday nights. He's wrote 2 million books, I think is the official count. Is it 2 million? Is it 1.995? What I can confirm is the new one, okay? Teddy and Booker T, how two American icons blazed the path for racial equality. That author is Brian Kilmeade. He is here right now, and the crowd goes wild. Hey, man!
8: All right, first Jimmy, thanks for having me on. That was a long introduction. Many times I thought I was going to talk, and I, then I realized. No, I, I was shouldn't. just
3: trying to run clock. Right. I need to make this as short for me as I'm kidding. Great to see you.
8: You said uh, it was a l- huge pause when you said embarrassing. And then you said of riches. Yes. Was that intentional?
3: Well, no, no. Because at
8: first I started. My self-esteem is so fragile. Oh <laughs> no! Because you said embarrassing. You're hanging on
3: every word. A little bit. What you're saying to the listeners is my delivery's too good. Too good. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Listen Absolutely. I'm kidding. It's great to see you. Congratulations on another great book. Um, we're very excited about it. We have a lot to get into, and I'll get there in a second. But I have some Kilmeade questions as well. Okay, can we confirm for the listeners that you will be at the Patriot Awards on Thursday? Yeah, I'm going to be at the
8: Patriot Awards on Thursday. Boom! There for your stand-up to kick everything off.
3: It's going to be a hot one, but everyone needs to know this because you are a Patriot Awards veteran, okay, that they need to come because it's a cable news petting zoo. They meet us. They watch the show. Uh, there's a booth where you can feed me handfuls of grain for a quarter. It's very interactive. Yeah. That, I prefer to sign books, but you prefer your your thing. <laughs> I got to get the grain. You know what I mean? They want me getting more oats into my yeah. system down in wardrobe. You're going to be signing books. You're going to be doing your show. Uh, but if anybody's out there and they want to go, it's foxnews.com slash patriot awards, and it's absolutely epic. And the one thing I would say, and we'll move on, is I always call it the Oscars for camouflage, and I think you'd agree that in watching it, it's apolitical from the standpoint of the people we're celebrating are actually just good people that want to help people.
8: Oh, yeah. I'm it's, uh, it's so proud. It's such a great idea, mm-hmm. by the way, for Fox. It yeah. just works on mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. You know, you keep your Emmys, the actor that was just yep. on strike that did a great job as Napoleon. Yeah. You can keep that, <laughs> whoever that is. Uh, we just say, hey, here's a cop that pulled four people out of a, Thank a, you. a fire yeah. and now has uh, burns on their hands I, and, you know, yeah, and just great military. People that had great courage yeah. throughout the year.
3: No, and I always say that it should be required viewing for people because it would give them perspective. Like the Oscars, again, they honor a guy who pretended to save the day. Exactly.
8: <laughs> right. These guys saved the day. And you know what's so interesting? When you have an actor that's grounded, a good guy, yeah. like Kevin Costner, I hear by all accounts, I met uh-huh. him a couple of times. Good guy. Yeah. He's
3: almost like embarrassed. Like, sorry, I, yeah.
8: I'm, I'm just pretending. Yeah. <laughs>
3: right? I, <laughs> I really didn't do anything. You know? I know, but you appreciate the candor. Yeah. You know, because the Oscars is the baseball hall of. Fame if you were enshrining Roy Hobbs from The Natural, right Redford. Redford. <laughs> Listen, I didn't really hit that ball into the lights. <laughs> I apologize. I don't even know how to swing. This is the
8: Baseball Hall of Fame for the actual Babe Ruths of the world. Right. Gary Cooper's so good this way you how you bounce back
3: from ALS. Yeah, it's right? amazing. that amazing. Gary right. Cooper's got skills, man. That, right. yeah, he was a talented guy. So Brian Kilmeade is in studio. Everybody's excited. Good get by the production team. Right. Mikey's, Mikey has actually put this on his resume on LinkedIn as of a moment ago. But should we tell everyone I'm right next door? No, that matters, okay? And this is more of a hostage situation than a consensual booking. But the fact remains, you got to hustle in this business. Right, you, yeah. you got to hustle. So let's get into this book, because the last time we talked, we were talking about Frederick Douglass in your last book. This is Teddy and Booker.
8: And T. you do like history, so I don't feel... Feel as though I'm pushing you into this.
3: No, I want to say this, man. Social studies was like the one, t- the one class I got a good grade in. Yeah, and it's funny that my son Lincoln. Did well, you like? Who's yeah? I love social studies. I had great teachers though, and that matters. Shout out to Mr. Gels if he's not in the bar yet. I'll get a Long <laughs> Island guy. Odds are. Right, it's one o'clock. Yeah, it's well, Long right. Island. They live by the motto of "It's six a.m. somewhere." <laughs> 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 They're going, sure. but even Lincoln failing My son loves social studies, so this one's an exciting read for us. I don't know a lot of the Booker T. story. I know plenty about Teddy. Uh, but how did this one get grab you? Why, why, why here? Why now? I don't know who told me to read up from slavery, but mm-hmm. if
8: you want to read a book, you'll get through in a day mm-hmm. uh, in one sitting. It's so unbelievable. It is when you read it, you're thinking this is Napoleon Hill thinking grow rich. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Norman Vincent Peale. uh, uh the power of positive thinking it's anthony robbins personal mm-hmm. power what do i mean by that um do what jimmy i'm taking your style okay. you ask yourself questions and you don't want anyone to answer because you want to answer them yeah. which
7: i admire <laughs>
8: so what do i mean by that i mean a god what if i told you there's a story of a nine-year-old kid that remembers being brought to the the house of the plantation with his mom and his brother and being told by a union soldier he's free wow and then he ends up being the most successful respected person in america at a time when segregation was thriving sadly Mm -hmm. and then he goes to europe and is treated like a rock star Mm -hmm. and wants to come back and make our country better then what have i told you not only did he be successful but his big success was we did for other people and he brings you through that journey yeah and it makes you want to read the other 16 books he wrote and then I went to Tuskegee, mm-hmm. and we did an hour special. It's on Fox Nation. I hope it's going to air on the channel. And Tuskegee is the the place he founded, yep. and it started out with one leaky roof. It looked to me like a shed by the sketches, mm-hmm. and it ends up being this sprawling campus that was graduating fifteen hundred people a year in the turn of the century, twentieth century, while Harvard was about twelve hundred. Wow. And what were they doing, Jimmy? Stuff that you could probably do that I can't. I'm not handy. Mm-hmm. You could not graduate, I don't care if you're an English yeah. major, unless you learned a trade, a skill, mm-hmm. which is why I have Mike Rowe on it. I was texting him <laughs> quotes. Wow. I go, Mike, you're not going to believe this, because he's all about blue-collar, yeah, yeah, learn a course, skill, yeah. learn a trade. And I go, he would not graduate. We need that today, shopping. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you're not graduating. And the black parents, one generation from slavery, were like, no, no, I don't want my kid working with his hands. I want him to get an education. He goes, yeah. no. White people in many sectors aren't ready to hire yet. You have to be indispensable. Mm -hmm. And instead of just overcoming a guy sitting in the storm in the South in Alabama and was able to impress people like Andrew Carnegie, Mm -hmm. J.P. Morgan, Julian Rosenwald, founder of Sears. And then when Teddy Roosevelt reads Up From Slavery... Mm He he and his wife said we got to meet this guy. Yep. They set up a meeting in New York City, right here, 1901. They said, "How can we work together?" He goes, "Why don't you come visit me in Tuskegee?" McKinley shot. He becomes president. He said, "We found the letter. I apologize. I'm not going to be able to see you. I'm mm-hmm. president, wow. but I like you to see me." Biggest controversy ever. Have mm-hmm. dinner at the White House. Mm-hmm. Never before been done. Black men. White family, yep. it was an outrage in certain sectors of the country, yep. referenced by John McCain after he lost to Barack Obama, it says, look how far we've come as a nation.
3: Which is an incredible story, uh, compounded by the fact that in the modern America, we've torn down Teddy Roosevelt's statue moved it. over some pretend racism at the museum. And isn't it uh, crazy?
8: I'm doing a uh, feature for Fox Nation on a history of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking with Ray Kelly, and I said, Ray would be uh, uh, commissioner. Yeah. I would never say Ray. Commissioner, I'd like to walk by Teddy Roosevelt's statue. It's right Mm -hmm. by you. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I got news for you. They boxed it. I go, what do you mean they boxed it? It was right before they left it. So we walked by. He was almost tears in his eyes because he looked up to Teddy Roosevelt. That's where he grew up.
3: Yeah, and I we went used to go to Sagamore Hill as kids on Long Island. It's where we did a lot of the features. Oh, that's incredible. That's that's amazing. So and his
8: great grandson runs the Roosevelt Center at Long Island University. Okay. So he remembers going there as a kid. That's great grandma's house to him. Wow. And she had outlived him by decades. And she used to hear he used to hear her talk about Teddy. So for him, he's in his he's eighty. It's real to him.
3: Yeah. That's, that's insane. Brian Kilmeade is in the studio. The fantastic new book, Teddy and Booker T, How Two American Icons Blaze the Path for Racial Equality. The other value in reading a book like this for a lot of people is this perspective because it shows you how far we've come. Okay, you realize in the modern America where we're calling it oppression... You know, because someone's mad at a guy for kneeling during the national anthem who's making $30 million at a sporting event. Like, there's been quite a bit of progress made on the issue. And I think this perspective should almost be required viewing because a lot of people have kind of lost the plot in this country. Like, I almost feel, you know, but I always feel like that. And I feel like when you start to, you know, scrutinize former presidents, you realize, like, they were the best we had at the time. And we're only living in this world where we take exception to how they behaved 100 years ago because we progressed from it. And that's where somebody like Teddy Roosevelt, I think, is so valuable. I mean, he's one of the That's
8: what—that's why what they call it presentism. Yeah, this big thing about tearing down statues. I do this thing, not on—not as entertaining as Jimmy uh, Fallon. Stop
3: it! He's buttering me up now.
8: Right, but it's true. Uh, I do this thing before I, I talk about my, my first two books about sports, uh-huh. and I wanted to be great, and I wasn't. But I, what if you try and you don't succeed? I have no one telling me don't worry about it. Success could be delayed, uh, not yes. necessarily denied. And some of the lessons I learned, I put these other people in the book. But my transition to history mm-hmm. is, I go, but then this happened—the war in history—and yeah. I just play, um, play nothing but tearing down of statues, the outrageous statements that have happened. They yeah. just took to Thomas Jefferson out of the city hall in New York drives City. Drives me crazy, right? And the thing we just—so I play it, and that was my transition. I go, we're going to win this war in history, and it starts now.
3: Good for you. So you—it's you, essentially like you know how Spider-Man got bit by a radioactive spider. You got bit in the park by a radioactive liberal. Yeah, <laughs> tearing down a statue. Yeah, I was
8: enraged. I,
3: and I, you should have been. I am mean, rightfully so. And thank you for that.
8: Right, I mean, it's ridiculous. So look, uh, I thought Sixty Minutes did a feature a couple of years ago mm-hmm. about what do you do about Confederate statues if you're black and you think these people fought to make sure I stayed in, in chains. So he goes, put a plaque. Yeah. If you want a perspective. A plaque, how many slaves they owned. This is the time they yeah. had it. You want to put the next Jefferson? Go ahead. Boom. Put his life in perspective. That's called a biography. Yeah. And then what you want to do? Read more. It doesn't mean he wasn't a genius mm. and we wouldn't have the country without him. Yeah. And why is it? This is the best example. Uh, I got a Tuskegee.
7: Mm-hmm.
8: Excuse me? Yeah. I can't, I got to give Tyrus credit. Okay. Tus- Tyrus said, you, when you're a slave, you have no last name. Mm-hmm. Do you know what the most popular last name for every slave was Washington? Oh, wow. If they were not offended that Washington had slaves, mm-hmm. how dare we get offended today <laughs> that you want, to, <laughs> you, you want to take down his statue yeah. in New York City, which they're voting on in New York City? Dude, think about this.
3: Brian Kilmeade in studio. Go buy multiple copies. Teddy and Booker T. How Two American Icons Blaze the Path for Racial Equality. I covered on this network two summers ago. A student at George Washington University who wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post calling for the cancellation of George Washington. That was the summer of 2020. I'm like, at that point, we had reached the level of weapons-grade stupidity. Right, yeah. I don't know if there's another species in line that could take over if no it's dogs. Not possible. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you see a lot of dog pics on Instagram. Do you think we should give them a go? Like, the <laughs> remainder of Biden's term, we're just like, dogs are in charge. Right. I'd sign up for it.
8: Well, I just, I always end this, and tell me, you could tell me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. but I said this, I I had a brilliant observation. It's almost uh fail of <laughs> Why is it that people are optimists always have to tell you first before they say something? Yeah. As if they're saying what I'm about to tell you is totally not going to happen. <laughs> I'm an optimist, but I do think, I don't think I'm being an optimist when I say I think things are bouncing back. Yes. I think the cancel culture, the zenith of the cancel culture 100%. has happened. Because you want to know what
3: happened? We We outgrew it. In the sense that when it first started, the reason it was so prevalent is no one understood what it was. Social media was new, and every day we were getting out of bed, and we were ruining someone none of us had ever heard of because they had run afoul of polite society. And that kind of became just this digital quest for like a pound of flesh, and people kind of lopped either lopped onto it or stayed away from it, but no one challenged it directly because it was so omnipotent coming at you. Like if you were a corporation, that's what it was. You canceled somebody because you thought it was them or you. You know, but if you waited out the storm, I think Chappelle probably played one of the most pivotal roles because he stood his ground. Netflix stood their ground and they were like, Listen, you can't work here if that's how you feel. And then, what power did they really have? Nothing. Yeah, I guess that was the moment, and the pandemic on top of that. Yeah, it was a big so one. It made
8: everyone start thinking. Yep. See, when you turn your fire on everybody else, and then all of a sudden you realize, now I'm under arrest. Yep. Then you go, well, I make you. Sure, maybe I should rethink that.
3: Yeah, bottom line, and that's what happened: is they exposed cancel culture because of pushback like the one you're making here, and we realized that the people doing the canceling are the same folks on social media that they were before social media. Meaning, people nobody liked. You were never going to go to a party right. and be like, I can't wait till the guy who gets offended by everything. Shows Shows up because that guy wasn't getting invited to a party anyway. Anyway, no, he wasn't coming. So my last thing—that's
8: what you do when you stand up. You say, "Listen, if you're going to be offended, you can leave now because go. I'm going to say." Yeah, I'm going to say one quick story to yeah, you because you're a committee. This is what Booker T. Washington put in his speeches, and he said that it's a true story. He's waiting for a train, and a guy comes up to him after he had the dinner at the White House, and said, "White guy." So Booker Booker T. Washington, he goes. I think you're the greatest man in America. He goes, you are just fantastic. He goes, no. He goes, sir, thank you. But the greatest man in America is uh, Teddy Roosevelt, President Teddy Roosevelt. And he goes, I used to think so until he invited you over for dinner. <laughs> oh, wow. No laughing. Just sat wow. there. So he sat there. and He told Teddy Roosevelt the same story. And he would say it. He goes, I realize I have to lead Sleeping Dogs Lie. He had no idea he insulted me. Uh-huh. He thought that was the way. He goes, I can't change everybody. Yeah. But you have to pick your
3: spot. <laughs> You gotta, you know, you you gotta win the room. You right, know? Right. maybe section 12 doesn't laugh, but sections 13 through 18 right. do. What, think you about, you, I think
8: about the story all the time to think about what I, he was dealing with in 1905. But that's
3: true. That's the true vision of a great leader. And I always say this in comedy: your job is not to read the room; it's to lead the room. And he led the room. He understood he wasn't going to have every chair in the audience, yeah. but he got it done. He was Teddy Roosevelt. Can, listen, I, can you, I steal that line? What I, listen, I, it's can all good read stuff out I know I'm so room? eminently quotable. Right. I, I mean, I really make their job easy, don't right. I? Did you take that from Churchill? No, that's just Jimmy Fallon right there. That's really? Just, I took Churchill that, should take that I from you. I took that from Nassau Community College. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> Meaning me. Uh, the book. Teddy and Booker T, how the two American icons blazed the path for racial equality. This was epic, man. Thanks. I really appreciate
8: you coming. BrianKillMe.com if you want a signed copy. And, Jimmy, I recommend you go there, too. I just want to make money
3: off of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go, baby. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Back
2: after this. That's another good one. <laughs> it's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: 20 times by metric of dollars spent in public appearances behind the previous three incumbents in the United States. But the people running to replace Joe Biden are out there loud and proud. Uh, Here is Nikki Haley speaking to her favorables against Joe Biden. Clip seven.
9: We need to make sure that we have a new conservative leader. Republicans have lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. The way you do that is you send someone in there that doesn't just beat Biden by two or three points like Trump does. You get somebody that beats Biden between nine and 13 points. That way we win up and down the ticket, governor's races, congressional seats, all of those seats.
3: Listen, man, okay, I don't care who you vote for. It's not my job. But she's not wrong when she says... That someone with slightly less baggage helps you down ballot in the Senate, in the House. That's been the biggest, you know, difficulty for Trump is they haven't achieved under him as a president and certainly not post-presidency. And it's not to say it's his fault because the candidates got to get out there and run the races. People are like, oh, Dr. Oz. okay was endorsed by Trump, and he didn't win. And you could say, yeah, Trump should have endorsed somebody better, but you can also say, yo, Dr. Oz, you lost to a guy who couldn't even speak at the time he ran for Senate. You gotta do better than that. Again, there but go the grace of, you know, there but for the grace of God go I, uh, when it comes to John Fetterman, I don't begrudge him his health issue. Okay, but you can't blame Trump, okay, for Dr. Oz being as bad as he was. You can bring up the fact that maybe he should have endorsed somebody better. But again, it's a little more nuanced than that. But the fact remains like somebody like Nikki Haley is getting into this thing with a lot less baggage. And of course, she has a lot more appeal to female voters and suburban swing voters, which is going to be the key to taking back the general. Will it translate down ballot? I don't know. There he goes, the great Brian Kilmeade. Uh, But you are not going anywhere. You hear me? We got a great one coming up. In the next hour, Ryan Reese, who warmed up my stand-up comedy special, which will, of course, debut on Fox Nation January the 8th. He and fan favorite Charles McBee, my two opening acts when I go on the road to do stand-up, join us for a full hour right here on this big bad Fox Across America Thanksgiving Spectacular.
2: From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Here we go, here we go. A big hour coming your way on the Fox Across America Thanksgiving spectacular. It is Jimmy Fallon in the house. And by house, I mean my house. I'm out on Long Island hosting Thanksgiving. Hopefully not gambling away uh, our abode on football. Uh, But in the meantime, I have put together... This fantastic best of episode featuring some of the people that I am most thankful for in my career. And joining us now for a full hour, two gentlemen who opened for me on the road. These are guys I bring to Vegas, maybe down to Naples, Florida, like I just did with Ryan Reese. Maybe over to, oh, I don't know the Red Rock Casino, as I just did with Charles McBee. We hit the road pretty hard, and in this next hour, they're going to hit the studio. So without further ado, my opening acts join me for a full hour. It's Ryan Reese and Charles McBee. It's good to have you back, I, and I do mean that. Uh, and I hope it sounds sincere. I rehearsed it all morning. <laughs> I, I have been working that one out in front of a mirror for about 20 minutes now. I kid. It's great to see you. I know the crowd's excited. And it's debate night. So what I thought we would give to the American people is is, you know, we're all comics and, you know, people you hang out at my house. Is a very, but we are, okay? It's, listen, someday. Proximity. Like a, That's all you need in this business.
10: Just proximity. You, you need use
3: that in a credit in another year. He went to Jimmy Fallon's house. It'll be worth something. They're like, that guy, that, wow. The, I saw him on Dateline. You know that guy? <laughs>
11: the word comic can be used interchangeably, by the way. yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, it is amazing. Well, folks, everyone listening at home needs to know this. 99% of the people who have the word comedian in their bio, like comedian so-and-so, aren't Ever performing for pay ever, no. comedian so and so. Now it that happens, there are comedians out there that have it, but ninety nine percent of them are just like sociopaths. Yeah, you know, you know those people who, if like, say there was a murder outside their apartment and the Eyewitness News was there, they stood in the background. <laughs> And the next time you introduce them on stage, you're like, can you bring him on as as seen on ABC?
11: <laughs> okay. It's the equivalent of somebody introducing themselves as commi- brain surgeon John Smith. This yes. like, oh. Odds
3: are, <laughs> odds are he might have won the game operation. Right. He's played it. We can't guarantee you he's won, Ryan. We can't. Uh, but it is debate night, and I wanted to have a very human take. We have some callers that we're going to get to as well. But Martha McCallum was here before you. That's your opening act today. OK, she moderated the first presidential debate mm-hmm. and she made a really good point, And this is something everyone should be watching for tonight. Right now there's like 100 people running. OK, and Trump has a 50 point lead. The only way anyone's going to close the gap if they want to catch Trump is to bump some of the other people off. So there's a real motivation tonight for this to get pretty cutthroat. Hunger gang. And this, yes. And the secondary motivation, which is the one they won't speak to out loud, is money. Okay, the guy's cutting the checks. If the needle ain't moving, why do they keep writing you a check? You know what I'm saying? You know the old Goodfellas line when he goes into business, you know, F you pay me? Mm -hmm. Okay, F you pay me in this game is F you move the polls, move the number. And nobody's been moving the number much. Like, Nikki Haley got a good bounce off the first one. DeSantis is, you know, kind of backwards, not breaking out. Um, and everybody else is basically auditioning for a role on Dancing with the Stars, you know, if they don't really have a big night tonight. Yeah. So on that level, I'm excited to see some catty real housewives stuff, Ryan. What do you think? I want to know what they got to do to stand out. Well, you know what Martha was saying for real? Is they a breakout moment to her was not a scripted talking point. It's a good joke we didn't see coming. It's a comeback that really pops. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It's a you make a play. And I was explaining it to her from a standup perspective, as you go on stage with your act, but then there's another forty percent of the laugh you get from making plays, reacting to them, and stuff. We need crowd work, Ryan. Well,
10: crowd work. What, what yeah. about those moments in, uh, in in you know campaign history when they've tried to do the breakout thing and it's just gone so wrong? Oh, I
3: love that. Yeah.
10: Oh, like Hillary when she was like, "I have hot sauce in my purse." <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like, Whoa! <laughs> what
11: are ah. you doing?
3: Whoa! Uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the greatest one ever is when Tim Kaine, her running mate. You know, I think I've talked to you both about this. He was trying to zing Pence, and he's making it about Trump being the host of The Apprentice. He's like, the American people don't need a president that says you're fired. They need a president who says you're hired. Oh, my God. But it died so hard, and it just yeah. looked awful. And Pence goes, you and your running mate, like a lot of them pre-did lines. Oh uh, <laughs> It yeah. hurts so
11: bad. That's a great point, uh, Ryan. Um, yeah, if you're not good at crowd work, and we're sitting next to one of the best crowd Ever. workers in the game. In the game. Uh, in the game. You, if you're not good at it, don't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, yeah, to your point, it would be great if somebody just went off script and just, you know, went in and had a mm-hmm. crazy moment. But at the same time, if you're not good at it, yeah. it's not going to work in your favor. The potential for disaster. They all, but they all tonight. think they're good at it. They all, they're yeah, yeah, all yeah. like,
10: eh, I'm pretty funny. I got this. So you're like, <laughs> oh, no, please,
11: it's please like, don't. It's like when you start start a set and you can go, you know what? I think I'm gonna riff up top, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you quickly realize like, <laughs> you are not <laughs> riff material. Don't do this move. This is a move they need to know.
3: This is comedy one on one. So you got an MC host in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Audience loves him. He's brought up three comics already. The fourth comic goes up and tries to open by bagging on the MC. <laughs> it never ever worked no. because he's established currency with the audience you haven't as the new comic yeah. and now you've dug a hole so this is a good advice for all of these candidates tonight It's I say this about comedy you never ask the audience to hate something until they like you first Yeah. so these guys need to start by being likable and if they're going to try and go make that play, it's not about forcing it. It's about just letting the debate transpire and knowing you have a line.
11: And the host in, the, in, in this analogy, I would say, is Trump. Mm-hmm. If they're going to attack Trump, it, it, good luck, because the audience there, they're already on <laughs> his like side. They like you got to be likable first before you go and try and attack the guy that they're, they're in love with. He's yeah. the star. Yeah. He's, that's why you bought tickets. That's why you're there.
7: <laughs> He's the main event.
11: What do, you, do, you, do you think that this is basically just an audition for vice president i mean other than pence
3: people feel that way but this is significant okay one-fifth of republican voters say trump and only trump so four-fifths of the electorate is open you know to the fact that they want to win the election bad enough that if trump is actually in prison he's not going to win i'm not saying it's going to end that way Yeah, yeah. but i'm saying there is a scenario where he's not the nominee and if it comes to that then what these people are doing tonight really matters you know where they help trump Uh, If he does wind up being the nominee is, and this was the case in 2020, uh, Trump's surrogates, the people who go on TV to make his points, are better at making his points than he is. And what I mean by that is the people who love Trump love the way he makes his points because it's like, look at her. She's a fat pig. This guy's corrupt. Biden's got Alzheimer's. Great. Covfefe. Yeah. But if you need the people on the other side to come your way, having someone who's just messaged, just a disciplined messenger actually makes a good case for Trump. Whereas Trump brings in the sensationalism. He's the show, you yeah. know. Uh, but that's where his surrogates help them. So if the Republicans have, like, a very substantive debate tonight, because these are Trump policies. There's nothing there espousing that Trump himself doesn't really co-sign. Yeah. Then they help him. But if it becomes a food fight, which is what <laughs> I
11: want. Which is what Chris Chris Christie wants. <laughs> well, he ain't going to throw his. That's the Trump. <laughs> Boom! Zing! Pow!
3: Charles McBee and Ryan, uh, Ryan Reese are here for the full hour. It's debate number two. Uh, if we were going to talk about the guys who aren't going to win, which is pretty much everybody on the stage tonight, yeah, what would these people be good for? Like Pence was a governor. Pence was a vice president. He's, I, I, I hope everyone listening is sitting down. He's not going to be the nominee. <laughs> 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 That's funny. I saw him two days ago. He was here on, he was on Kilmeade show. He's so wonderful. He addresses me by name. That's cool, but he ain't yeah. going to win. Yeah. And I don't owe him that just because he said, like, nice shirt, Jimmy. Yeah, right. I can't insult your intelligence as a listener. And like,
11: no, you know, he's got a shot as Pence.
3: <laughs> No shot.
11: And besides, he was lying to your face, so you shouldn't reward <laughs> a liar like that. Pe- Pence couldn't get a. He doesn't have a shot at a at
3: a at a Pfizer convention. <laughs>
10: <laughs>
3: but Ryan, what would you do with
10: Mike Pence? I feel like he'd be a great like uh, uh, actor, like a doctor on TV, or uh, you put him a in a lab
3: coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's just got that face. He could play a TV doctor. He was a great radio host. He, he actually was a really good. He could play fat sheep. Play fat <laughs> <laughs> And Fauci would love to be portrayed, but Fauci would want the role. He'd be like, I'm playing myself. Yeah, yeah. Fauci likes the TV. What yeah. happened is Fauci's had that gig since 84, and he was never on TV. I mean, he wasn't ever on TV, not even like during the AIDS epidemic, His TV wasn't as you know involved back then as it is now. Um, I think Fauci really did
11: fall in love with being on TV because he did a lot of TV. Fun fact: during the AIDS epidemic, he also told everybody to wear a mask. That was, that was, <laughs> is that true? That was, no. No. Oh, okay, I was I was going with it. I'm like, <laughs> he was, listen.
10: He was uh, doing a lot of TV before COVID. He was like the uh, Channel Five or like Channel Seven. Like, we're gonna throw it to a doctor. That was Fauci. Really, he was, he was making so he the rounds. Oh God, yeah.
3: He likes hair and makeup. All right, so. Pence plays Fauci in a biopic. Uh, what, what do we do? We're just thinking down ballot now. Uh, Tim Scott could, have, could be a vice president. Okay. He has a job in the Senate if he doesn't get the nomination. So we don't really need a gig for him because he's occupied. Like DeSantis is a governor. It's occupied. Haley, you know, could be vice president, could be the nominee. Like she's the one surging right now. Uh, I think the most genius thing the Republicans can do, if it's not Trump, is actually nominate a woman nominate a black dude like Tim Scott, cut off the lane, especially because Biden, if he is the nominee, I don't know if you heard this, uh, he's having some race issues this week. Uh, He was trying to bring uh, LL Cool J on stage. Uh,
10: Why is that ever happening? Ryan,
3: I want to play you this clip, okay? But before I play you this clip, okay, none of us are going to like what Joe Biden said, but I still consider the bad guy to be whoever decided it was a good idea to send him out to address a hip-hop summit. Okay, that's the bad guy here, because we can all predict what's going to happen next. Here it is, is clip 10.
4: Two of the great artists of our time representing the groundbreaking legacy of hip-hop in America, LLJ Cool J. Uh, Wait for it. By the way, that boy's got... That man's got biceps bigger than my thighs. I think he's... Been... <laughs> What the hell did you just say? So what happened
11: was... Yowza.
10: (laughs) I think we got it. This one's yours, Charles. Go for it.
11: All right. Let's
3: go to you (laughs) for no apparent reason, Charles. Let's go to you on this one. Um, What's fascinating here is they obviously have him on a script, but he screwed up LL Cool J. Right. Knowing he did that, you know, he was getting a laugh because they half thought maybe he was being funny because there's that nervous energy. Yeah. But he clearly tried to do a save line. Yeah. And complement his muscles. But his vocabulary is in 1970 because that's when he entered politics. Right. How can they in what world could they continue to let him go out there and speak knowing he has a propensity for that?
11: Well, they'll continue to do it. But I I will say it's not the yeah. this isn't the first time. No, no, um, no, no, no. I mean, he, he referred to President Obama <laughs> the same way. So it's yes. not like such a shock. Mm-hmm. Thing, but yeah, they're gonna keep. Uh, they're gonna keep doing it. I, the only, the only wrath I'll, I'll throw him is he's hundred and ninety nine no years question. old. So no. everyone is a child to him. So yeah. it may not have been Whoa. racial. Maybe, may be. maybe, yeah, yeah, Make,
3: or maybe. Come or,
10: on, sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. <laughs>
11: No, listen. You know, the guy. If he had been a Republican, you'd be thrown in bail. No, I wouldn't. You you
3: have no idea how much we just dumped on Carrie Lake on this show, who is just a circus clown. We'll get to that next. Carrie Lake, who ran for governor of Arizona, you know, she still claims it was stolen to this day. She has no future in politics. She wants to be Trump's VP. So the problem is, over the course of the summer, Uh, When she was running for governor last year, she was tweeting about DeSantis constantly. He's the governor of Florida. He just won record, you know, record number re-election and everything like that. She was literally tweeting that he had BDE and saying it at rallies because it was a happening hip-hop slogan at the time. And he's the model governor. He's the greatest thing in the world. Yesterday, she does an interview where she's like, you know, DeSantis was the worst on COVID. He shut down everything. He screwed the kids. He made it to the vaccine, none of which is true. But she without doing that because she's trying to curry favor with Trump. I don't let people get a transactional pass because I feel like I can help the country more by acknowledging you know that i shouldn't be in charge of our democracy there are talk show hosts (laughs) who get out here and show for one party no matter what they they really think you know that's their job like if i'm in charge of our democracy look it's already over
11: yeah we're we're done
3: i'm sitting here in a a shirt that i borrowed from woody from toy story i don't know that i you know i don't know that i should be doing it but 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 ryan uh talking about this biden thing is mcbee tried to give him the pass of the century. (laughs) Are you concerned that if Biden continues to refer to people in such terms... Uh, he will lose the ability to decide who is and isn't black. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Do they take this away from
10: him? I I mean, McBee, he's in charge. He is in charge. He's in charge. Is it a race issue or a pronoun issue? What are we upset about?
3: (laughs) 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 The left is upset that they misgendered him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you know it's boy? Yeah, yeah. That (laughs) them has biceps bigger than my forehead. They. (laughs) They. (laughs) They. They. Yeah. This is why we can't have nice things, America. There aren't serious people out there. But the number is he's down 19 points with black voters right now. So you better believe there's a conversation out there about replacing him. That's what makes the debate so funny tonight. All the Republicans who? are desperate to get— Well, Newsom. Newsom's debating DeSantis now. That's, they just agreed to that. And, make you know, Newsom's like, Joe Biden's the guy. He's the guy. Yeah, and we all know he he's is. the guy. Uh, however— I'm engaging in a primetime debate against Ron DeSantis, (laughs) hosted by Sean Hannity. I'll be out there on TV looking gorgeous, uh, 50 years younger than him, making all the points he does, with no mind at all on making people wonder if maybe I should be the guy. Yeah, I mean, you gotta love it.
11: I mean, it's so funny. It's every movie where they bring in, you know, the guys at the top executive, and then they bring in, like, the new guys. Like, no, he's just here to assist you. Yeah, I'm just here. No, I'm just here to... I'm just me and my abs. (laughs) Meanwhile, they're ushering the guy out of the
10: room. But how do you step over Kumala like that? Well, they're
3: going to. I'll
10: explain. No, it's
3: done. They hate her. I'll tell you why. I'll play you a clip after this. Back
2: after this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
10: Talking
8: today for Monday, September 25th goes to the 46th president of the United States of America, Joe Biden.
11: A lot of people are upset that Joe Biden referred to LL Cool J as a boy. Uh, as you can hear, he corrected himself on the spot. You know why Joe Biden corrected himself? Because he's 137 years old. He fully understands the word boy in the racial context around a white man referring to a black man as boy. See, boy is absolutely a white racist word when used in a certain context. <laughs> oh, ho, ho!
3: Fox Across America. I had to bring in McBee's boss to correct him. That was Charlemagne the God. McBee was like, oh, you know, maybe he was just called of He's old. Everyone seems young. I know you're being funny. I'm just laughing at you. But that was Charlemagne giving Biden his donkey of the day. McBee, of course, a yeah. head writer for Charlemagne's TV show on Comedy Central. You wouldn't know anything about this. No, but- no, no. But anyway, uh, McBee in studio for the hour, along with Ryan Reese. We were talking about running biden uh in a multimedia age so what are they what would they have to do this is my theory really quick and callers on hold we're going to get to you you like you are very important because i don't have a lot to say to these guys so don't go anywhere 888-788-9910 there's not a lot of talent in this studio right now they're actually trying to sell extra advertising to fill the time i kid (laughs) uh but when you think about last time he didn't have to run because they had the covid variant so every there right. wasn't a lot of campaigning to do. The media just yelled at Trump every night. We had a bunch of riots. Things were going on around the country. Right. They kind of shortened the length of the race. If he's
11: running this time, it's a longer race. I mean, Trump being on trial every day might help. Do we need in this in the day that we're in, do we still need campaign stumps? Like, like is that necessary? So is that what you're saying? I'm saying like, do they really need him out there? Nobody's excited to see him. No, no. No one really wants him to be out there saying anything. Maybe they just if he just gets people to kind of who 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 can deliver the message, who For are him. great with the fireworks yeah, yeah. and stuff and be a representation of him and have him kind of be, you know... Are you saying like a hologram like they do I for know, Tupac? Something. like the Wizard of Oz or something? Yes, <laughs> yes the Wizard of Oz, yes. Wizard of Oz. It. So yes. you're literally
10: saying the president yes. is not capable of showing up somewhere and speaking? I think it's in his, in his detriment, yes. <laughs> no, <that's what?
3: laughs> but at that, that point, that is how do you run him? The wizard, you wizard of Oz it, but what I'm saying is like why would we want him to be the face of this thing is what I'm saying. I'm not saying you, I, how would you execute it. No, I'm saying it's, it's not are about just,
11: what we actually want. You, I'm saying if they right. want if if they, if he is the candidate. Uh, yeah. If he's the candidate and they want to actually have a chance at this thing, Uh then it would behoove them to find some ulterior way, alternative way of getting him out there and his message out there without actually him being out there. It's like putting Mitch McConnell out there to make another speech and then going, I can't believe he froze again. Like, find another way.
3: Ryan McBee is, you know, also an actor. And he wants a starring role in the series finale of America. An actor. Dude, get an actor to play Biden.
10: <laughs> and
3: your support, you're actually a okay. supporter of okay. Biden. Any, I'm, I'm not, well, I didn't say I was a supporter. Any actor that's his age has been like Me chewed out of Hollywood. That's the that's problem. Pence well, so is, is he. <laughs> right Pence is Pence. available. More with, the, more with the gang after
2: this. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. <laughs>
5: Let's assume the election was November the 3rd of this year. Oh, and and they said the candidates are Joe Joe Biden, the Democrat, Donald Trump, the Republican, uh, Joe Manchin and Larry Hogan, no labels, and Cornel West. Mm.
4: Trump would be a betting favorite. Somebody better wake the f- up. I think mean?
0: we're on the same page
4: with Biden. Did a great service, but whereas in 2020, maybe he was the only one who could have beaten Trump, I think now he's the only one who will lose
8: to him he cannot run for president he'll look bad in the debates it's just it's too it's too much he will be ruth bader
2: biden the ruth bader ginsburg of the presidency it's not a good look (laughs) come on man that is bill maher
3: and james carville bill maher basically saying he's going to die in office Because he's so old and he's a mess. James Carville, strategist, who, by the way, very friendly with the Clintons, saying Biden needs to go. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Uh, He could be trying to muscle in the people's pantsuits. Are they bringing her back? She wants, listen, she's doing a Newsom. She's out there campaigning for Biden, knowing he's not going to be on the ticket. Which means, yes, she's campaigning for herself. Oh, boy. Listen, callers have takes on all of this, including tonight's debate Let's start with Danny in Tulsa, who has a take on the debate. Danny! Hey, what's up, buddy? My man. Uh, I miss Tulsa. I miss that Tulsa energy. I got to get back down there soon if you'll have me.
12: Yeah, hey when you're coming, I'm going to get tickets. I'll take off work. Come see you, buddy.
3: Buy you a drink. Whoa! Dude, this is hot talk here. Come on, man. I love it. <laughs> Just one. Don't try to be like the rest of Tulsa. They tried to buy me a hundred drinks and kill me. Jeez, uh, Jimmy's very easy. Yeah, yeah. I'm easy. He's, he's, he's buttering me up over here. You're a little bit of a chubby chaser, Danny. Uh, listen. Oh, hey. <laughs> I'm kidding.
12: <laughs> hey, eat, eat your heart out. I'm sitting in my backyard smoking a cigar, drinking a beer, and smoking some ribs.
11: Oh, wow. Good living the life, you, man.
3: You, Danny, you're living the life well mcb smoking meth and uh no i'm kidding uh let's talk about it should trump be hey, at the debate my,
12: my deal is i don't hey trump don't need to go to the debates until there's like three or four okay. and then it's him and a couple of others mm-hmm. uh i would like to see trump holler out to Nikki Hagan and say hey be my vp trump and Nikki for Four years, Nikki and Tim Scott for eight years, and then Ooh. Tim Scott for another eight after that. Whoa,
3: he's you're we building a dynasty him. now. No, I like this. Hey,
12: that's that's the Republican dream and the Democrat nightmare.
3: It is, no, he's you're not wrong. You're not wrong, man. And that might that might be going on, by the way, because Nikki Haley doesn't right. attack Trump, uh Danny. He does. She doesn't really attack Trump. Trump doesn't really attack Nikki Haley. You know, he's holding know. most of his fire for Desantis and then he goes after biden and the feds danny you might be onto something you could this is good advice you have you thought about billing the trump campaign
0: i'd
12: love hey just around the golf at mar-a-lago oh
3: you better get there before the feds do uh (laughs) danny all right i'll i'll let i'll let trump know when i see him but good stuff man great call enjoy those ribs my man how about danny
11: yeah he's a good time
3: yeah you want to love a guy like danny He's a, he listens to the show, he's a supporter, but he hears me say every day, like, I'm starving, I gotta shoot the stand up special. Calls me up, I'm drinking beer and smoking ribs.
10: <laughs> Having
3: a cigar. Danny, you're an enabler.
10: Ryan? It sounds like he took off from work early in <laughs> anticipation for your uh, appearance. Yeah, he's really looking forward to this. Well, this is the thing about it.
3: When you look out at the country, the people who say America are not nearly as fun as America. Yeah. America's where the action yeah. is. No. They're, they're barbecuing and drink and smoking cigars in America right yeah. now with an apostrophe. Yeah. As they're driving school buses, some of them. Yeah, I mean, they're shooting wolves people. from helicopters yeah, in America. These are America. fun people. Right. Uh, Wally is down in Florida. Wally. Oh, what's up, Jimmy, my man? Oh, buddy. Uh,
12: you got I, some Nikki. I want to start off, though. I think there's a challenge flag for Biden on the, uh, on the racist comment. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows the race yet of LLJ Cool J.
3: Fair. Fair. He's got. She's <laughs> 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 right. Listen, if he invents a person, he technically has us there. <laughs>
12: It, it may be a ten year old boy. We don't know, right it's, 3- it's just that you know, three. To... <laughs> but uh, as far as the debate, I want to talk about the the big controversy surrounding the debate and the reason I may boycott it. Yeah. why Why has there not been a holiday kids table for the forever freshman? Fox freshman Jimmy Fallon.
3: Ooh, Whoa, hey oh, hey now! Are you Where saying are you? I should be on the debate stage, getting to ask a few questions?
12: Uh, you get a little table, just like the holidays, and <laughs> you, can pull, you
3: can pull some horseshack and say, "Ooh, ooh, ooh!" <laughs> <laughs> a debate kitty table. I'm going to text Perino right now. The problem is she's—they're going to sit her there by accident because she's four foot seven. I I, I'm
12: just. I'm, I'm saying. I'm. I'm as your radio buddy. I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm very. I'm very mad about this. I, I may have
11: to. I may have to boycott the whole thing. I think you're well within your rights, Wally. I will reach out, McBee. You were gonna say? I, well, listen. If not the kiddies table, I do see a spot for you, moderator. Moderator. Jimmy it should be, be asking debate. the
3: questions. A good debate, honestly. If you were asking them, like seriously, superficial, like pop culture questions, because you find out who the person is. Yeah. You're right about that. I think a funny moderator would go a long way. Yeah, Let's but I want it. this, Jimmy. Well, Jimmy. I don't, I don't want them cleaned Jimmy, up. No, Jimmy, ahead. there's another alternative. You sneak in
12: in a waiter's outfit and just serve them at the podium. Well,
3: you're in luck because that's the only kind of clothes I own. Have you seen me on TV? <laughs> Wally, you might have something here. Great call, brother. Uh, I'll watch tonight for you. Be good. Uh, 888-788-9910. Uh, oh, I like this. Jeff has an idea on how to keep this the traffic under control. Yo, Jeff. Hey, how's it going, Jimmy? Good, man. What's the word in Huntsville? Hey, Roll Tide. Yeah, I figured, man. You're feeling good. You got one <laughs> loss. You, that's probably well, it for I the year. I hesitated about saying that. <laughs> I know. One loss for you guys is like a disaster. You know what I mean? The tit- I know, right. They're like, we got to fire this coach. He's only gotten us six titles, this slacker. But uh, This is the first time I've called in, Jimmy. Well, that's a big deal. Uh, if you've listened to the show, just you know not to use any big words, and you'll be fine. I don't know any, anyone. <laughs> My man. All right, how do we run this Dana. debate tonight? What do I tell Dana? I'll call her when we get off the air. Tell them to just cut their mics. Okay. Oh, when they start, like, talking over each other? Yeah. I mean, you can't understand them anyway if it, they
12: think it's a censorship thing. Yeah. There is, you can't understand what they're saying when they all
3: talk anyway. That's a good point because they lose time in the debate. You know right. what I mean? It's if they got an hour and a half to do this or whatever it is, there probably right. is twelve minutes a night that you can't even understand. It's like it is like watching a Biden speech. <laughs> There's twelve minutes yeah. where you're like, what did he say? Was hey, that- I got one thing to ask you. Give it to me.
0: Reckon you can get that Emily girl to give me a shout out one day. Whoa, <laughs> whoa!
3: Ah, uh, for like your birthday or something, or just because you're an all-around perfect. Yeah, we'll say we'll say it's my birthday.
11: All right. <laughs> yes. All right. I will. Uh, I'll
3: work on that as well. That'll be the second call I make when we get off the air. Uh, Jeff. Hey, I, pr- yeah. I appreciate it, Jerry. Epic debut on the show. Some fine analysis. A bit of perversion. You fit in fine, Jeff. Call back anytime. Uh God love him.
11: We'll also put an. To call for a restraining order can Soon i tell we-
3: absolutely we had a guy on with emily one day because emily you know she's on every tuesday host of the, the fox true crime podcast co-host of outnumbered you know emily's a mm-hmm. flagship broadcaster here on the channel so we're taking crime questions right and a guy uh with her on the line is like we talked for like four minutes and he's like very professional and we're done. Like we're going to commercial, and he's like, "My wife knows that you're my celebrity crush. I love you so." much. I'm like, "Dude, what are you? We had it. Like, we all know you feel that way, but Aggie don't behave. You know what I'm saying? I need yeah. a squirt gun. <laughs> at least, at least he, he did it when she was on the air." Uh, Paul is out in Long Beach, California. Mm. Yo, Paul.
13: Hey, Jimmy. I love your show. I was a dedicated Rush listener from Whoa. the day I heard him. So the day passed away, and you smoked the competition in a good way. Hey. I mean, you're funny. Nobody else has your wit or funny. And I know your self-deprecatory humor is great, but you're when really smart. Oh, man, you have me almost falling out of my seat dude. Paul. Uh, daily. It's great. Um, as far as the debate, uh-huh. Uh, I don't want to see Trump there. Some of these people, they have a future, they're possible future mm-hmm. candidates who could win in the future. And when, if Trump gets on stage with them, it's going to be a celebrity roast, mm-hmm. and the opposition will just run that in future campaigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mussolini, please know. I need to. I'm. I'm suffering from Mussolini now. Mm -hmm. I need a place to flee to if he's elected. I have nowhere to go. (laughs) Hillary Clinton?
7: Uh huh.
13: You ever see the the end of the Ferris Bueller movie?
10: Yeah.
3: (laughs) You're still here? It's over. (laughs) What are you doing here? Listen. I love all this analysis, but you got to ease up on the compliments. I'm going to have to give my drug dealer a raise. Like if he hears that, okay, he's gonna, I'm just telling you, it meant a lot to me, Paul. But I, if he heard that, I'm out a lot of money right okay. now. This, he's going to triple his well, rates. You know what I'm saying?
13: I'll try to avoid those in the future.
3: But <laughs> no, seriously, you it's got very. My
13: ears. Well, I'm thank a you, brother. Listener, and I'm spreading the word.
3: Well, listen, I, I owe you that. You're doing a lot more than my agents. So let me know where to send the check. <laughs> have a great day, Paul. Awesome call. Uh, listen, for everybody listening who says nice things like, God, Jimmy has a little rush, which is uh, amazing. There's no, like, talent comparison between him and anybody. What we're doing on this show that sets it apart from other shows, we're just having fun. Like, the world's on fire, and most people are getting on the air and just dumping gasoline on it. They're just getting you madder. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We are absolutely just roasting marshmallows. That's the superpower. We don't have one. You know, if I had a superpower, believe me, I'd be selling 8 million books and screaming at you. You know what broke this country, right? (laughs) And and believe me, I have an idea of what broke it, but I know that's not going to fix it. You know what I'm saying? This is the thing. uh, For real, you guys. And this is what you're getting out of listening to me. I'm still new enough and dumb enough that I give a You know, I'm sure if I'm in media 15 years, I'm on my, like, third wife. They're all named Jen. (laughs) I'm sure I'll be getting on here and screaming at all of you. So lap this up while I still have a soul. You know what I mean? You guys get it. Uh, Reese is in Sheridan, Wyoming. Yo, Reese.
4: How you doing, Megadittos, from the Equality State, my friend?
3: Is it ever? Is it ever? What's the word in Sheridan.
4: I just wanted to let you know, just like the last caller and you had a caller yesterday, you have filled a void for a lot of Americans driving across the Fruited Plains. You're the friend we've never met. You know, if I could get some comp tickets to Helena, I'd be up there <laughs> in a hard- just, oh, This guy just oh buttered hard. me up for comp tickets. But, 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 you are, you're a voice of reason and you just Keep doing what you're doing. You're oh, well. doing awesome. And I can't wait for tonight. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad Trump isn't there. Because I'll tell you what, a winning ticket would be both uh, Trump and uh, Ramaswamy.
3: Ooh. Well, Vivek does not bash Trump, Reese. Vivek wants that gig. Yeah. You know.
4: Yeah, he he wants the VP gig. And,
3: and he he's on stage making I, all the Trump I, he points. He's, I gotta yeah, he's calling mm-hmm. everybody else pack puppets and everything in between. Uh Reese, we're halfway there on the com tickets. Like you really you really had an impact on me today? Uh, how yeah. many do you how many do you need? Uh
4: I just need two. All One right. for my wife and I. I got uh, a beautiful wife ooh. and I would be a better man. Uh, She makes me a better man every day.
3: Which show are you trying to go to? Are you trying to get me to come do a show in Sheridan, Wyoming?
4: Well, come to Sheridan, but that isn't going to be possible. you give me a ticket, I will be
3: there. All right, well, there's one ticket for your wife. Let her know. (laughs) I'm kidding. Reese, we'll talk soon, but I'm going to get you there. Thanks, Thanks for calling in. We'll make this work. See you soon. Ah, uh, I mean, lovely wife. Yeah. How do you not compliment the lovely you gotta wife? gotta
11: compliment the wife.
3: <laughs> you guys got one more call on you? Sure. sure. Yeah. Matthew, he's out in Utah, Cousin Tommy country. Yo, Matthew. Hey, hey, how's it going, Jimmy? My man. How far are you from West Jordan, where my cousin's probably smoking weed right now? Oh, probably about two hours. Maybe. Oh, okay, okay. That's like Chaffetz lives I try over not there. To
6: down there, though, it's getting a little too blue for me down there.
3: It is, right? That's that's. Someone was telling me that. I, I it blows my mind, man. Like we got to turn Utah around. I don't want to hear that. You know, Utah does but not need Austin. Look, but you're getting one. Jimmy. You got to come out to Cache Valley. Ooh,
6: it's so different than the rest of Utah.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: It's we're our own little area. We're just, and the mountains up here, nobody bothers us. And we leave everyone
3: else alone. Oh, imagine that! That sound—that sounds solid. I'll and the farmland. <laughs> no, no, that's amazing. I have a neighbor that climbs my fence and questions me about things that happen on Fox or the music I'm playing. <laughs> like that. You? Are you that can... Tim Allen? Yeah. <laughs> 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 i love it man matthew listen uh we're gonna book a field trip for real when um when my stand-up special drops the end of january like i'm gonna be going on like a 15 city tour yeah right but i will be out there because i owe my cousin a hang so we're gonna get some you and me time in there
6: you go there you go hey so i just want to echo what everyone else has been saying though i mean I grew up a Rush baby. My dad listened to it. We were in an 86 heavy Suburban, and that's what we listened to Rush until I grew up, you know? Oh, that's rad. And uh, after he passed, there really wasn't anything else worth listening to um, because the guy that,
3: the English guy that would fill in for him, I can't find him on his own show oh, no. so i i listen to you man oh uh, brother that it's... means a lot to me but what you guys don't understand yeah. is like i'm surrounded by two comedians that are going to bust my balls for a month because of this tell them about the time jimmy had people on and paid them for compliments <laughs> i'm kidding but uh no matthew that's <laughs> it's, it is a high honor like understand how much like i was driving along in a taxi listening to rush so it's so bizarre to be coming through your speakers right now because i was on your side of the speaker for most of my adult life so that's really crazy and thank you guys for real and um when you meet me, I'm telling you, it's everyone who's been to one of these shows, I'm the same dude off the air that I am on, and that's why this works. We're just Cheap. real we're just real people. Real <laughs> I'm just a real flawed person who's not afraid to admit it to you. But j- Matthew, seriously, thank you for the call. We'll do it again soon. Um, you guys, so I have three friends. I have three friends. <laughs> I got got it up to three. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. People are. Uh, this is the thing about a radio crowd. That people on the TV side don't get. Why I love doing radio so much. Like you actually spend real time with these people. Like when you're on TV, right? Uh, you're on for three minutes. And you're gone. You're in and out of their lives like a smash and grab. Radio is like you're there at work with them. You're there in the truck with them. I mean, if you're one of my listeners, you're there in the jail cell with them. You're right there on the top
11: bunk. You know what I'm saying? All through college, I used to skip class just to listen to Howard Stern. You Be- did. You know, back when he actually did radio. You know, it was. <laughs> now he works two days a week. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but I get it, man. Yeah, Aww. you are a part of these people's lives, man. Well, it's live, also.
10: Yeah. You know, it's it's a different connection. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, TV's you you get the feeling that it's not as authentic. Yeah, yeah.
3: No, you can't fake this level of mediocrity. <laughs> no, no, you just burst into the mic. It's yeah, yeah, uh, They, they it's... wouldn't allow this to happen on TV. <laughs> like, no. Back after this.
2: It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I think the over-under
3: was like an hour and six minutes, and this would be. People were expecting me to come back from break. Do you think the callers got us through it today? They filled a lot of time where this could have went off the rails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it actually felt like an adult show. Yeah, thank you, callers. (laughs) The game If you were giving out a game ball today, we'd probably give it to the callers, right? Yeah, we got some
10: smoked ribs. (laughs)
3: Take that, Martha McCallum.
10: It's the only radio show that's a bringer.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Still to come on this Thanksgiving spectacular, you're going to get an hour with the woman who makes it all happen. I am talking about the great Jenny Fala. There's no one alive I'm more thankful for than her and Lincoln, and Jenny decided to celebrate our wedding anniversary by co-hosting an episode of this show. And I got to be honest, it went completely off the rails. Thanks to a certain caller who will be joining us in the next segment.
2: From everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Here we go, here we go, wishing everyone in the country the happiest Thanksgiving allowable by law. It is Jimmy Fallon bringing you this Fox Across America Thanksgiving spectacular featuring the people and guests I'm most thankful for. Well, joining us now for the hour is a woman that will probably be institutionalized for the choice she made on August the 18th, 2006. I am talking about Ohio's own Jenny Faylor, the woman who walked down the aisle on that fateful day and agreed to marry me. Uh, Here she is in studio uh, celebrating her anniversary. Uh, We had a really contentious three hours on the day she was on. There were some wild calls. There were some fun guest break-ins. But the best thing about it was Jenny. Uh, I love doing radio with Jenny. She's a lot of fun. We can complete each other's sentences, mainly because she's used to speaking for me when I'm falling down drunk at public occasions. But the point is, here we are in full sobriety, sounding on like we're on something a lot stronger than alcohol. <laughs> it is Thanksgiving and I am so thankful for this woman. So Jenny Fay joins us now. Jenny, yep. just confirm that you're here. I am here. That was weird. <laughs> I, I swear didn't know she's if you were here. Done. We're still together. <laughs> wow, that didn't sound right. <laughs> but Jenny is here. Uh, she, to be clear, you are here today for all three hours.
1: I am. No God! <laughs> no God! Please! You can't no! use my favorite no! show against no! me.
3: <laughs> I can't believe our my boss just played that drop <laughs> down the hall. Yeah, it almost overshadowed the gunshot I heard coming from the control booth. <laughs> I kid, Jenny Fail is here. We're talking about Biden for a little bit because we have the pseudonym story, which, by the way, the breaking news in the pseudonym story is that Joe Biden knows how to send an email. Let's be honest. Were you not a little <laughs> shocked? Thought, right, were right, were right, you right. not a little
1: shocked? Now, I do want to know with these emails, has anybody confirmed that the, the body of the email is in the main part and not in the address the the, the the address <laughs> bar, the it is. The subject line? Yeah, the yeah. The most
3: embarrassing part is not the pseudonym. It's that he typed the home email in the subject line. Right in the line. subject. Line. Oh, that's brilliant. I wish I had that on Hannity last <laughs> night. Oh, Jenny Failly, you could be my head writer. Okay. Be like Jeannie right. and Jim Gaffigan. You know how they yeah, write yeah, together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be Wow, how about it, Jenny? I don't know if I could afford you.
1: No, you can't.
3: Uh, not a second time. That first, that first time. Just the agency fee alone. That. I mean, man, well, for, for one hour, $500 is expensive. I got to tip you. It was a whole to-do. But uh, Jenny is here. We were talking about Joe Biden getting in a little bit of trouble. The other guy in hot water, that a very calculated version of Ron DeSantis is going to show up. So basically, the New York Times got a memo yesterday from a pro-DeSantis super PAC that was leaked online and it was coaching De- uh, DeSantis through the debates. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm gonna read this to you, but I just, there's a reason I'm sharing this with you guys. And it's one of the reasons I have, I, I mean, I don't wanna compliment you. You know I don't, it brings down the show. <laughs> but you are, Jenny Fayla is God showing off. She's just the best woman. She really is, I mean that. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever broke down your self worth <laughs> enough to make you think I was in your league, I owe that guy. Wherever Stop. that dirtbag is, no. I owe him a Schlitz light yeah. or whatever he's drinking. <laughs> Uh, because the the fact that he thought you were on my level and it, it worked out, but anyway, the point is, okay, a little bit of personality goes a long way yeah. and everyone you like in life, whether it's business-like, whether it's, you know, um, platonic-like, whether it's relationship-like as we had at one point, okay? <laughs> so those first three or four years were hot. Right, right. This last third, I mean, man, <laughs> holy hell. People talk about separate beds. I'm like separate houses. What are we talking about? Don't
1: anyway. threaten me with a good time. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, gosh. Jenny separate houses Don't you love when Lincoln,
3: when Lincoln comes on the radio and talks about? It, he's like, every time I come home from school, one of the, like landmate, <laughs> one of the the lawn guys is climbing out the window. Yeah. And like we're now married long enough where I'm like, can you tell him to use the steps? Right. I don't want him to fall and I then mean, I get the sued on my homeowner's insurance. Now I'm out money. Right. Just it's get, just tell the guy to take the front door. I know. I know. It's Show me some respect and just <laughs> hurry up. Just Daddy had a long day. Just hurry up. Show him. <laughs> Act scared. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to have your shirt on, but just you know, get out of the house. Yeah. So yeah. Right? Anyway, energy. People are attracted to energy. People are attracted to sincerity. It's one of the reasons Kamala Harris had such a hard time running for president. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she was Paul, she just doesn't look comfortable in her own skin. She was right. an inauthentic person. Mm-hmm. So, this is the biggest criticism on DeSantis. And I talked about this for the whole world the other night. Tuesday night, I was on with Laura Ingram. We did a very peppy hit. Yeah. Where we were talking about driverless taxis in San Francisco. What we were talking about specifically, though, so because this matters. As we were talking about the fact that people are having sex in driverless taxis in San Francisco. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah,
3: yeah. I
11: love it when you talk dirty.
3: Okay, that <laughs> matters. Okay. Which means it's a very risque kind of back and forth, a lot of jokes. She starts asking me about things I've seen in a taxi. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there watching because DeSantis is on next. Yeah. So as the hit ends with us telling a bunch of dirty jokes about San Francisco and cabs and passengers doing it. Right. We just tossed it to DeSantis, who's like, I'm going to usher in a new birth of freedom. Yeah.
1: you gotta, you got you to gotta read the, the, the energy of the just, room. Just, you
3: can't just. He, literally. He, like, w- imagine he opens that with, and Jimmy, thanks again for the taxi ride. You know right. I mean?
1: Anything. Likeability. That, do you ever see. Spikes.
3: This is what DeSantis should be doing. For real. You guys listening, do you know how at the end of the 5, at 5 p.m.,
1: mm-hmm.
3: Brett Baer takes over but always comments on the last thing they did? Yes. And it's so endearing because it's genuinely funny because you're just tagging the joke. Yeah. But it also demonstrates this, like, accessibility. Absolutely. I'm not news stiff. Yep. I'm also a witty, funny guy myself. Yep. And with that said, here's some serious news the fact that DeSantis couldn't be in the moment and just kind of dip into that and then bounce into his right. own thing. And the reason I bring that up is because this is the New York Times memo. OK, mm-hmm. this is the memo to DeSantis this is the debate plan. Attack Joe Biden and the media three to five times. Uh, like, but whatever. I mean, OK, number two, state Governor Ron DeSantis positive vision two to three times. OK, number three, hammer Vivek Ramaswamy in a response. So it looks like a clapback. Number four, defend Donald Trump in absentia in response to a Chris Christie attack.
1: But that's the, like one of my to-do lists. That's, that's not I a mean. like, give and take. It is genuine How about be a person? Right, right. Be a person. Right. And you could be doing those things. And if you go back and you counted it, and okay, fine. But you shouldn't have that plan going forward because that means you are just so focused uh-huh. on did I do it two times? Have I got it to four times yet? Am I where am I in this? Yeah. And you're not listening and really responding in be real in time to what's happening. Moment. And like and you need somebody that can do that and pivot not sit there and already have your plan ahead of time. That's a boring speech. That's like a a high school speech level where you just...
3: The worst thing you could ever be around, we've all seen it, is like someone has a joke they want to tell, but they don't wait for the right context Right. And then it's just forced into the conversation right. at the wrong point. It yes. bombs. It looks terrible. And I don't contried. appreciate
1: you bringing that up.
3: <laughs> good but for you, Jenny. <laughs> but the point is, if that is your calculated plan as a debate strategist, right. you're not in the moment. Right. So you're wedging stuff into the conversation. I tell people this about TV all the time. This is really good, really good advice. Um, I don't show up on TV to talk. You show up to listen. And mm-hmm. the reason you listen... Is because if you're really faithful to the conversation, you'll figure out where the good things you have to say belong.
1: Absolutely, and something will trigger something else. Yeah,
3: just be a human being. Yeah. So when you read this, one of the one line of attack suggested in the memo is Trump isn't here, so let's just leave him alone. He's too weak to defend himself. We're all running against him. I don't think we want to join forces with someone on the stage who's auditioning for a show on MSNBC. So that's a shot at Chris Christie. Yeah. But the point is scripted scripted scripted
1: well can't he even say i mean like him or not uh-huh. trump was phenomenal at the debates yep. because he was just off the cuff he mm-hmm. would have jokes he would and it, it, he had personality yep and so he should be able to take it you know if you're so studious yeah. look at past tapes be like mm-hmm. an athlete go yeah. back and look at the tapes. watch the tape and figure out what curveball. works And yep. and you don't have to be him mm-hmm. i understand he's not he isn't him, yep. but you can have some of the same policies and have some of the same supporters yep. like you, mm-hmm. but you got to give them like what, what was Trump that they liked so much mm-hmm. is that he was kind of like, you know, he, he would talk down into like an everyman language. Yeah. Not anybody thought that he was speaking above them or to, to educate, you know, to educated for them to really understand. And that was his strong suit. Yep. So take a little bit of that. You don't have to turn into him, uh-huh. but come on.
3: But isn't it weird that a billionaire would be more relatable than a regular guy. Yes, yes,
1: absolutely.
3: Jenny Fela in studio, if you're just joining us, married 17 years today. She was, of course, not my first choice. Uh, I had one named Lucy that got away. (laughs) But I think she's coming back now. Lucy, are you there, girlfriend?
6: Derail the celebration Thursday. Lucy, where are you?
3: Along the route oh, Mikey, we might have lost Lucy. Lucy, you're <laughs> welcome to call back anytime, girlfriend. I really wanted to get to her because she calls in. And,
1: yeah, you know, as it sounded you know, like the phone was down.
3: She is a huge fan of everything yeah. everything we do on this show. In fact, she sent me an anniversary card. I'll read it right now. You're just another dirtbag. All right, well the point is the, you just want passion. You just want passion and the friendship, you know so what I mean? So you're saying?
1: telling me like I'm not going to have to like worry that she's going to want to, you know, step in my place.
3: Well, according to Lucy, I the, I have no options. No one goes to the shows. <laughs>
1: you're actually not really married. Not I don't even know married. if anybody knows that. This is
3: I paid this woman to be here. <laughs> uh, can you I was trying to tell Lucy this yesterday. She called in yesterday and was giving me the business. Mhm that she's become a celebrity at my live events.
1: Oh yeah, they brought her up in my hometown. <laughs> like a- you were doing the Q&A and somebody and it was a guy who was like sitting pretty close to me and you know you you know let everybody like yell out questions and some guy go, some guy goes, "Where's Lucy? Is she here?" <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Ah. And like the whole place laughed because they knew exactly who, they were, who he was She's talking unlo- about. Yeah. Lucy,
3: I love you wherever you are. No matter how mean you are, when you call in, I still love you. <laughs> I, I, it's kind of my vibe. The thing is, no one could ever be as mean to me as I am to myself. Right. You live with me. I just I walk know, around calling myself names all day. Absolutely. So you I don't even need to, Lucy. I, he's, yeah.
1: he's so much meaner no, to but himself. No, do it anyway. It's good <laughs> fun
3: radio. Don't not do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But good times. Jenny Fela in studio. Bill Barr's coming up. We're going to be talking to Charles McBee as well. We were giving DeSantis some campaign advice, mainly because, okay, he's kind of gone sideways. Uh, But joining us now, someone who would never go sideways, Lucy back on the show. Lucy! Hey, girl. All right, Lucy's phone screwed up. No more today. (laughs) No more today, Lucy. We tried. Maybe later in the show. Mikey, do you know how to transfer a call, or is it a Lucy thing? Who should we blame? Oh, Lucy! All right, that's enough. She's just pranking the show now. Oh, is she? <laughs> Does she not get how this works? Do you want to try her? Let's see if she's there. Lucy.
0: Lucy, tell me what meds I didn't take. Hey, you know what, Jimmy? Let's let's resolve the Phoenix, Arizona issue. I wasn't oh. in Phoenix.
2: <laughs>
3: For a gal who called yesterday and said I was lying about going to Vegas, even though the hotel's website says Green Valley Ranch Las Vegas.
0: Yeah. You you want to hey, you know what? If you want to be a frontline Vegas show, earn it. You're on off Broadway. Lucy, I don't want to be a
3: Vegas show. I'm
0: doing a night in Vegas of stand up. But you know what? Hey, hey, you know
3: what? I'm not a magician. I'm not even though I dress like I'm in Siegfried and Roy. I'm actually just the fastest-growing radio host in America yeah, by weight and don't by volume. You
0: never want anybody to say anything. You just want to blah blah blah. I'm Jimmy Fella. I'm so I'm so great. <laughs> hey, tell me, Doctor Jimmy, tell tell the whole world what meds I didn't take yesterday.
10: I I had
3: probably too many to list because we're going to run into a commercial break. I don't know, Lucy. We're being silly. We're just telling jokes. I'm sure you took plenty of meds. I'd like no, to
0: think. No, you're you're lying. Hey, let let. How many
3: people were you talking about? Oh, what do you they, want they, me to post? You- Did you go, don't, oh, we are? Oh, really? Ah, uh, Lucy, we lost you. She might have cursed. They might have dumped her. We'll get you back on in a little bit, girl. But, oh, that's unfortunate. Aw. Uh, jo- well, Josh, can you just, was she saying dirty words that you were dumping? She said a couple of, uh, dirty words, and, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for the, the ramp up before I can put her back on. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy, if you're I, I listening. I can't afford to have okay. her yeah. say any more. Lucy, that's the engineer. If you call back in, okay, we just need better language.
10: <laughs> okay, say hold on.
0: any dirty words. <laughs> 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 well, Lucy hey, is on the oh, line. If you're just post joining post, us,
3: Lucy is here.
0: Post, post the truth about... Hold on. I'm listening. Post the truth about
3: Phoenix. L- Lucy. Lucy. What is first of all we were in Mesa. So post the truth
0: about Mesa.
3: I don't yeah, know what you want post,
0: me to post. Okay, Mesa. Post the truth. Post how many people let's, showed up. Let's back post this up. What you got paid for. Let's post oh, it. You keep talking. Lucy, to the IRS, Lucy, you Lucy, do you work for the IRS? Has this been an audit? And you know what? I didn't say any dirty words. That, so so your little bleeds are just so you can you can feel better about yourself. I'll post never feel better about, about myself. Can I just jump oh, in here? A minute? We, we could end this if you don't <laughs> post. I don't want to end it. This is amazing.
3: But hold on a second, Lucy. Okay? Because you know I love you. Are you going to wish Jenny a happy anniversary, yes or no? Nope.
0: <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> and you know why I'm not going to post Jenny a happy anniversary? Okay. Because if you're such a low-life man that you need to put that on the air. Hey, you know what? I I would post Hannity a, a happy anniversary. I would post... Jesse Waters, hey, I would post Judge Jeanine a happy anniversary, but they don't need to yeah, put that on the air to get people to listen to them.
3: All right, well, just a word of caution. If you do post those happy anniversaries, two of those three people you mentioned aren't married, so it could be a little awkward. Uh, Lucy, I love hey, you, girlfriend. You know
0: what? But but you 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 need to put Jenny on because you're not a man. Jenny's on! Man Jenny's on! Talk to Jenny! Hold
3: on, Lucy, you have the floor. Ask Jenny, ask Jenny anything you want. She's on the line listening.
1: Jenny, how many people were at the Mesa Art Center? I was not there, but I... <laughs> But I, I, I happen to believe my husband and Kennedy. There is no reason for me not to. And uh, I don't know if I would quite stay married then, to somebody for Jenny, 17 years that was Jenny. a liar. Yeah. Jimmy, will you post what
0: he got paid? Will you post what he was <laughs> lying and
1: saying? Do you also want his mother's maiden name and Social Security? Absolutely <laughs> okay. not. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: dirty the water. <laughs> okay.
1: I want to address this.
0: Why do you you want to address
3: this so much? Like, Lucy, why does this matter to you? Why does this matter to you you so much?
0: Because it matters if he lies and if we can... (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm running for office. Lucy,
3: you're not getting cut off, but I'm going to lose you to a commercial break. Uh, You're welcome to call in again soon, and I thank you for the happy anniversary wishes. Lucy, the best. More of your calls, text, tweets, carrier pigeons, and well wishes after this.
2: It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Let's head down to Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Roseanne in the house. Roseanne. Hey, Jimmy.
9: Thanks for taking my call. I'm so excited.
3: Oh, girlfriend, thank you. How do I follow Lucy, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're never going to be as supportive of my career as Lucy. That's that's the one thing you, you're going to have to reckon with the fact that she's clearly the number one fan now and we all need to step aside. <laughs>
9: Uh, I can't do that. Can't do that. You're you're my guy. Oh, yeah. I, I, I like to watch you on on TV, on when you're on Gutfeld and Ooh. on Five and all oh, those stop things. Stop it. And I like to hear you on the radio. And I like that you have Jan one and Happy Anniversary to both of you. Aww, oh, thank you. Thanks. And I and I want to thank you both. I've I've done it on social media things. You both respond to posts.
3: See, no one, but some people, go ahead. Roseanne, some people claim I don't send my own messages and then you read the grammar
9: and you're like, oh, (laughs) it's him. No, that was him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I, I I can tell with you. There's some that you can tell aren't if they reply to something, or that they're bots or mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. But if you guys are the real deal. Oh. you really are. Thanks, Roseanne. And 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 I I really enjoy listening to you so much. Oh,
3: girlfriend. You
9: need to come to Beaver County.
3: We're gonna because I gotta come see my uncle Sam. He's in Beaver County. He's in Ambridge. Well, so it's gonna happen. I
9: I used to host radio shows on WNBA. Oh, we're gonna Roseanne. I'm up
3: WN- against a hard WN- break. WN- you know the
2: term. But we'll talk again soon. Thank you for the well wishes. We love you. It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
3: Here's a good example or maybe good reason of why there's so much drinking in my life. Another few minutes with Jenny Fallon. Charles McBee
11: joining us now as well. Yo, McBee. What's going on? You know, it's so. I just want to say I'm celebrating 10 years of friendship with jenny Fayla. so that's <laughs> all i care about me
3: and you <laughs> haven't had the what are
11: we talking but um <laughs> it's funny
3: for people not familiar so about three weeks ago i was hosting fox news saturday night mm-hmm. okay we had on a panel and obviously everybody after the show was like who is that hilarious comedian and i was like well gina Brione uh, she's, <laughs> she's, she's, You'd be right yes. yeah. <laughs> Gina is great And McBee was on that panel as well With Brian Benberg And it was a banger Good to see you man The last time I saw you that's We were in hair and makeup Yeah <laughs> it's so It's so funny Because me and McBee were You know we started out Playing like opium dens Mm-hmm. You know, but now from time to time we get hair and makeup, Yeah, which you didn't get in the opium den. Now we just do opium for fun. Yeah, now it's different now. <laughs> and hair
11: and makeup for yeah. fun.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. No, the only artist back then was like the crime scene sketch artist who had come in, the truck <laughs> outline guy <laughs> at the end exactly. of some of those shows. Uh we are celebrating our anniversary today. We have all kinds of friends chiming in, uh, nice. all kinds of well wishers, in- including Lucy, who called in earlier. <laughs> well, I'm just here to talk Jenny out of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's been long, <laughs> long enough. At the 17-year mark, this charade has gone <laughs> yeah, on for too on. long. Well, <laughs> one know, of our friends who's on the line, McBee, yeah. uh, You would know him as Francis in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the most notorious bicycle thief in the world, played, of course, by the lovely and talented Mark Holton, who is probably day drunk in Oklahoma. Hello, Mark.
5: Hello, Thalas, and happy 17th anniversary, and and hello to your buddy. I enjoyed your uh, appearance with Jimmy.
3: Well, thank you. Come on, Holton. Big fan, big fans. Thank you. Somebody had to, Holton. If I, you know, I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. Charles did great. I'm just giving him some tough love. Uh, Thank you for calling in and celebrating this big day. How are you doing down there, buddy? You got a cigar going yet? Uh, What's cooking?
5: Oh, well, I just finished one. God, you know me too well. Um, Do you realize... You guys, how blessed you are! Oh. Do you realize that there are husbands and wives that are spending their anniversaries with crooked attorneys looking for loopholes in their prenup?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you see, this is the thing, though. When we got married, there couldn't have there was no prenup. We were fighting over like uh, an Xbox Two. I was
1: going to say a couple CDs. Yeah, what else was, did we have? <laughs> was the, the
3: prenup. It was like if we broke up at the time, you wanted the other person to have the burden. Of whatever the hell it is we had to our name because they have to is move it. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> so it was, we had a reverse prenup, Holton, but yes, we were lucky in that way.
5: Well, well, uh, it's the thought that counts, right? Um, so, uh, one of the things uh, I've been married for thirty-three years, and one of the things that has uh, made my marriage last is the thought of going to bed every night with a woman with a loaded pistol on her side of the bed.
7: <laughs> it's kind of hot though.
5: <laughs> that's that's kind of. So, uh, uh-huh. You know, if if, if you um, if you you know, a lot of people sign their uh, love letters to each other, "forever yours," uh-huh. <clears throat> mean it. Uh huh. You know, and you'll um, wow, you'll s- rack them up. Can I tell you yeah. something though? for, eternity, for literally forever.
3: You're giving a more heartfelt speech than the guy who married us.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he called you a couple of wrong names.
3: Hold the guy who married us <laughs> called me the wrong name three times during the ceremony. So I don't Hilarious.
1: think it's actually legal. <laughs> <but> yeah. I- <laughs>
3: but i love you for that that's that's great that's great of you and uh i will owe you some type of correspondence this week, and i'll be tanked in my yard so maybe we can sync up
5: hey listen if if uh if the truth social drop uh, drops uh during the show please let lucy read it live on air oh
3: you want lucy to read the <laughs> bill barr post from trump absolutely that is yeah because trump is going to kill bill barr did you hear any of that interview before Uh, Yes, I
5: listened to the whole thing, and uh, I'm I'm sure you're the only host uh, that has interviewed the man that has ended the uh, interview by calling him girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) And and you're you're calling Bill Barr girlfriend, a man bursting at the seams with toxic masculinity.
3: (laughs) Well, that that explains why he said the words never again on the way out of here. I thought he, I thought he was talking about Trump. No, it turns out it was the show. Uh, Holton, he was great. Can I just tell you one really quick thing before we do this drunk in the in the backyard? Because I don't want to forget. Uh, I talked sure. to him. I talked to him off the air. Like he like he actually cares. You know, I meet a lot of people in government who on TV you're like, yeah, and then you get behind the bar and they have a secret handshake with every Democrat. And they're like, we're going out after this or what? <laughs> he actually does care. So if anyone listening is mad at him, at least know that he's coming from a good place. How about that, Holton?
5: Oh. Oh, hey, man. You know, that came through loud and clear in the interview. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, you—you, uh, you, um, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I agreed with probably 99% of it, too.
3: Oh, that's awesome. So, I'll, I will, if I can get Barr to return my calls, I will relay your sentiments. Because he is, by the oh, way, sure he, he has heard peewee drops on the phone, so he knows all about you.
5: Oh, well, he, he might not, not know anything other than the drops on the
3: phone, so. <laughs> well, it's probably for the best, Holton, well, let's be clear.
5: Well, it, it, when, when and if you uh, do broach this subject, just tell him from me, I know you are, but what
3: am I? <laughs> <laughs> ah, there it goes, there it goes. <laughs> Good job, brother, I'll talk to you soon.
5: All right, buddy. Take care, and
3: happy anniversary, Jenny. Thank you. My man. There he goes, the great Mark Holton. God love him. A fan favorite on this show, and undoubtedly, every show everywhere. McBee, Pee Wee's Big Adventure is a perfect film. It's the closest thing we have to a perfect film. Uh, Holton, of course, the most notorious bicycle thief in the world, Francis Buxton, uh, didn't understand the depths to which he has infiltrated um, the psyches of people like my age. Yeah, Yeah, I'm 27. And... uh, (laughs) In dog years. But it's funny. <laughs> Here at Fox, it is so funny. Like, the first time I met him and started talking to him, I'm like, you cannot imagine the high level of meeting. Like, from once in a while, you get a meeting with a person here who they literally hold you off the building by your ankles, like New Jack City, <laughs> yeah. just to tell you you need to fix something. It's like a guy. He's <laughs> like six eight, and he picks you up by the ankles and holds you upside down off the building, dangles you off the ledge, and they're like, never again. You're like, okay. But in those meetings, Pee-wee's Big Adventure will come up. People love Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And, of course, in Teen Wolf, He's in the uh, most—the line in Teen Wolf, he's playing alongside Michael J. Fox, and he hits the hook shot to win the game. Shoot it, fat boy! (laughs) And uh, I have said that in my youth probably 5,000 times. So the fact that Holton calls into the show once in a while, half in the bag— and says his wife has a pistol next. I appreciate that. Yeah, that's all totally. I'm trying to say. That's
11: great. I mean, listen, it's back when you could actually, when movies could be funny. They were allowed to be, Boom. be funny. Back no one then. cared. Well,
3: yeah. that's funny because we were in uh, your home state, Jenny's home state as well, of Ohio. We were at the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's. And he was telling me that the last time they sold out a show, sold out Lucy. The last <laughs> time they sold out a show... The last time they sold out a show uh, was *Blazing Saddles* in 1976. Mm-hmm. A, could you? We, there's no Never. debate over whether or not you couldn't make that movie today. But could you pitch the script of *Blazing Saddles* and not get fired today?
11: No, probably not. You'd get fired for the script, right? Yeah, they would. They would fire you. They wouldn't even pick. The only way, way they would pick it up is it would have to be the diversity. You have to be off the charts, right? <laughs> it would have to be like reverse racism. The sheriff is a non-binary yeah. cisgender. <laughs> Couldn't even get me.
3: No, it's crazy. But it's like, I've we're we're deprived when you go down that route. Because, like, we used to watch these things and be like, yeah, we know this is ridiculously out of control over the top, but we also knew we didn't have to care. Like, that's the thing. I feel like we're giving things too much power over our lives. Yeah. So there's a Native American group right now petitioning to get them to bring back the Redskins name. Do I think it's going to happen? No. But they wanted to come back because this is the part where we kind of gave superficial things and distorted their meanings. Like, if you were wearing a Native American mascot, it's cause, not because you wanted to make fun of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's because there was like a pride. You were a chief. You know, right. and warrior, you know honor, what I mean? You're a warrior. You know what I mean? You weren't doing it so your football team would get laughed at when they ran onto the field. Right. And they realize that now,
11: uh, but it's not coming back. I mean, no. there's no chance there. No, they've, you know. You've crossed that. Once you <laughs> crossed that line, it's like we're now rewoking the woke all over.
7: Right, right. It's, <laughs> it's un-woke.
11: done It's done now. Yeah. We're going to unwoke the woke.
3: Charles McBee's in studio. Jenny fails in studio. Well, talking about movies. So the big controversy this week, okay, is a uh, gal who's playing Snow White. In the new Disney, it's I believe it's now called No Whites. It's uh, <laughs> they can't have they can't have it in there. There's no more dwarfs, which I believe is anti-Gutfeld. They should have dwarfs, okay? <laughs> don't you like? But this is the part I wanted to ask you, McBain. Okay, so in the name of all of this equity and everything else, they don't want seven dwarfs. But those were literally outside of Game of Thrones, yeah. the only seven acting gigs in doing. Hollywood yeah. for dwarfs. So they just knocked out ninety-nine percent of their job market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be, you know, to placate that whole wall inclusion
11: thing. I feel like right. they—it's well—it's one of those things where it's the one person who gets angry on behalf of the other yes. group, but they never talk to the other group. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. dwarfs. Yeah, it wasn't yeah.
3: dwarfs being like, "Yeah, kill off the dwarf. World. No, it was right. one.
11: You yeah. know who it was? Peter Dinklage. Peter. Yeah. The rich. The really, really <laughs> rich one. one. Yeah. The rich and famous yeah. one who doesn't so, yeah.
1: need to audition. Right. For so anything are you telling anybody? me a dwarf
11: in Game of Thrones? Yeah. Yeah. Are you yeah. telling yeah. me Peter Dinklage is playing a Lizzo? You know she doesn't want other fat people around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she really doesn't now, but for other
3: reasons. Yeah, yeah.
11: Ah! Yeah, it's it's crazy.
3: Well, here's Rachel Ziegler. You're talking about getting away from what works, okay? She is playing the new Snow White, and she's talking about how, you know, the film was made in 37, Prince Charming. We're not going to have that in the story this time around. And I'll play you the clip really quick, but what's so fascinating is that companies are getting away from what actually works for them. Like, if you're making a reboot of Snow White, it's because people like the original. No one right. ever says, hey, let's do a reboot of Howard the Duck.
1: So just make a different movie. Yeah. If you don't want don't to make follow it, Right. Yeah. Make a different
3: one. But they're trying to get the title without the actual content. But that's why these things are tanking. Mm-hmm. I was, imagine we're doing The Lion King, but there's no lions. The yes. lion, lion King, but in this one, though, <laughs> to be fair to the lions. <laughs> Listen to this clip, clip 37.
1: I mean, you know, the, the original cartoon came out in 1937. Yeah. And very evidently so. <laughs> um, there is a big focus on her love story. Um, with a guy who literally stalks her. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Super weird. Super weird. So we didn't do that this time. So no, so no prince or a different kind of prince? We have a different approach to what I'm sure a lot of people will assume is a love story just because, like, we cast a guy in the movie, right. Andrew Burnap, Great dude. Yeah. Um, it's a... Uh, it's, One of those things that I think everyone's going to have their assumptions about what it's actually going to be, but uh, it's really not about the love story at all, which is really, really wonderful. And whether or not she finds love along the way is anybody's guess until 2024. Um, All of Andrew's scenes could get cut. Who knows? It's Hollywood, baby.
3: That was absolutely dreadful. Like the idea of, you know, she she doesn't need love. She doesn't need a man. But that just happens to be the story. So were we supposed to just put this yeah. chick in
11: a cubicle and watch her soul rot away? Like, the only thing she kept saying was, well, that's not what it's about anymore. It's not about that anymore. Yeah. It's not, a, well, what, what the heck is it about now?
1: <laughs> right, right. Because, so, I mean, you can't have the other scene where, like, they're singing whistle while you work because, yeah. like, nobody wants to work anymore. Like, what else, what, what, yeah, it's, like, <laughs> right. what else is left? Like they're
7: all
11: quietly quitting.
7: Like, that's all i yeah. <laughs> <laughs> quitting. Well, it's, it's, yeah.
11: on, it's on TikTok now. It's whistle while you twerk. <laughs> <It's>
7: just, <laughs> just
11: showing off that cake. They are—and listen, I'm no Hollywood insider, but um, I feel like it's no longer a time of when people who make these movies or even the remakes have any— They used to have a connection to the original. They used Mm -hmm. to have an affinity for the original. And now it's kind of like the whole Bud Light model where it's like, we're going to come in. We have no connection to the product (laughs) whatsoever. In fact, we hate the product and everything it stands for. And we're just going to do something. We're going to put politics before actual. The the funniest thing in the world is that her, the Bud Light girl, uh, Alyssa Heinerschmidt,
3: Heinerschneid, said we needed to freshen up the brand. Yep. Bud Light was the number one selling beer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nah, it's it's a little stale. It's yeah, not yeah. quite working out. Could you yeah. imagine that? Yeah, you know, so I'm taking over as a CEO of Hooters. We're thinking no more boobs.
11: <laughs> wait, what? That's, you're not you're making a joke. That's actually probably going to be a real thing. If
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, ah! yeah.
11: It's just going to be Hooters. Yeah. Yeah, no. Oh,
3: that is funny. Uh, we'll get into this in a minute. Uh, quick break coming up. We're in studio with Jenny Fela and Charles McBee, the chair of the Blacks for Trump caucus. Uh, back <laughs> to- All right, you. Back after this on Fox Across America.
2: It's the best of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela.
3: Introducing the all-new Woke Disney World. The
11: first theme park to dump identity politics on all its guests. Mom, can I hit the boys' room?
9: Sorry, honey. It's the they's room. Let me explain this to you one more time. It's okay, Mickey. I'll handle it.
13: All of our rides have been updated, so our
11: woke employees won't flip out on us. From Snow White and the Seven Genders... I don't
7: understand.
11: ...to it's a small reassignment surgery, after all. That was the weirdest boat ride ever. Woke Disney World. We've transitioned to a new business model, but the goal remains the same.
4: All right, now, get out there and make me
7: some damn money. Hi-ho, hi-ho, hi-ho.
4: It
11: is Fox
3: Across America with Jimmy Fallon talking about Woke Disney. Everything woke turns to... So check this one out, McBee. Charles McBee's in studio. Jenny Fail is in studio. So exciting. Okay. 17 years of marriage today, Charles McBee. A lot longer than we thought we'd last. Yep. I joke, but we're not joking. A lot of people thought. <laughs> Everyone in the church was like, seriously? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> hey. So David Hand, no, none of you have probably heard of him. Uh, his father of the same name directed the original Snow White, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And he's mad at Disney, as you might imagine, for the Woke remake. According to him, new adaptation would have both his father and Walt Disney himself turning in their graves, which we know is true because Walt Disney was the least wokest human being (laughs) who ever lived. Well, you'd have to unthaw him first. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's been frozen. You have
3: to chisel him out. (laughs) You know what I mean? Lower the temperature a little bit. Uh, In an interview with The Telegraph, he said many younger people had not even seen the film and so don't know what they're talking about. I know my dad and Walt would also very much disagree with it. He said the original voice actor for Snow White, Adriana Casalotti, said she would have been terrified of suggestions that her character wasn't a feminist. Because the point we were making earlier, uh, off the air anyway, is... They're taking the prince and the love story out of the film, but the print, But she dies if it's not for the prince in this film. It, doesn't she get poisoned mm-hmm. to be out of the film? Yeah. She's so poisoned she's dead by another, another woman, yeah. the stepmother. Yeah. So the stepmother poisons Snow White. Mm-hmm. The, the prince puts one on her while she's sleeping. Is yeah, that what it is. But yeah. So if anything, you just replace the original guy with Cosby.
11: <laughs> we've, got, we've got to break even here. What are we talking about here?
3: But the point is, it saves her life.
11: Yeah. Yeah, because it was a spell that, and the rules to the spell were made by the what evil stepmother, mm-hmm. right, or mm-hmm. whatnot. So it's not, it's not like he said, I know what'll fix it. I'm oh, gonna I'm gonna kiss her it's like right. those were the those were the rules right that, uh, that and was he goes like
1: she's laid out almost like it's a funeral like uh-huh. the, the dwarves are surrounding her like sad and like grieving and he goes up and just gives her a Kiss as like a goodbye, like uh-huh. I'm so sorry, and then that's what wakes her up. It's not like he's like, Hey, baby, you know, come over oh here. God. They're like, it's necrophiliac. Really like, I mean, effort, like they're surrounding him. It's like, it's like, you know, you go up at a funeral and just you know, say yeah. a little prayer. It's like that, it's not in this weird, like,
3: and but he's being decried <laughs> as a away.
11: stalker,
1: yeah. That's relationships ridiculous. aren't
11: going to define her, yeah. First of all, she was in a relationship, she was in a coma,
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah.
11: God forbid she ever needs CPR. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Stay back. Stay back. You do not have my consent.
3: But it's like from what you're telling me, like the moral of Snow White is not anything about the patriarchy. It's don't trust women.
1: <laughs> right, it, right, right. A, a woman jealous, poisoned yeah. a woman. And, and it's jealousy because of her beauty. And so like we, it's, yeah.
3: we need to remake this film. It's one thing to poison somebody, but to have a prince dating a woman. <laughs> do you get where the compass is broken, though? You know yeah. what I'm saying? And if there's anything. Anything. Anything, anything. on this earth that I'm more thankful for than Jenny and Lincoln Fela. I am not aware of it. Okay, I've got some other family members I love quite a bit and I'm obviously profoundly thankful for, but there's no comparison. So it really was cool to share that with you and it was great to be the smallest part of your Thanksgiving and know that I am so thankful for everybody who's a big part of the show and I am wishing you the happiest Thanksgiving allowable by law. And if it crosses the line, you can call Emily Campagna. She's an attorney. Lose my number. I'm watching football.